شهد الله أنه لا إله إلا هو والملائكة والملائكة وأولو العلم قائما بالقسط لا إله إلا هو العزيز الحكيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على عبده ورسوله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ما بعد um, Everyone's far apart today, huh? لا بأس جدا People can come fill in the space Everyone's late today because Time of prayer Like no problem, inshallah Today maybe Inshallah today we're going to go on For quite a bit Hopefully until Maghrib Is that okay? We're going to Maghrib today He looks shocked Why? Uh, some people haven't Should have passed two days ago <laughs> Inshallah, um, <coughs> and all the not straight into Maghrib. Fifteen minutes, twenty minutes before Maghrib. If you want to break your fast, you can eat after. We'll find someone, Inshallah, Taala. Um, maybe we'll finish uh, Kitab. We'll finish quite a lot, so that next week, Inshallah, next week Friday might might be the last lesson. Then on Sunday, it's going to be the last lesson for Sunday is going to be the last lesson for the other Kitab, Kitab al-Islam Dinun Kamil. That's going to be the last lesson for that. Then inshallah on Sunday after the lesson we'll have a little uh, gathering, we'll have some food inshallah on Sunday. Inshallah. Um, Sunday now. The next week Friday will be the last lesson <coughs> before um, we leave or I leave. And hopefully after a month we'll try resume the classes with another teacher for the remaining uh, for the remainder of the year and the next year until summer inshallah ta'ala. So Tayyib, we'll go on Fasulun fee. Uh, the conditions for Jumu'ah to be obligatory. So right now we're starting the fiqh of Salatul Jumu'ah. Salatul Jumu'ah. And Salatul Jumu'ah is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He blessed this ummah with. And Allah, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, He said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't show the people before us Jumu'ah. And so the Jews, they were given Saturday. And وَكَانَ لِلنَّصَارَى يَوْمَ الْأَحَدِ The Christians, they had Sunday. فَجَاءَ اللَّهُ بِنَا وَهَدَانَا لِيَوْمِ الْجُمُعَةِ And so Allah came with us and He guided us to the day of Jumu'ah. And He said, وَأَنْتُمْ آخِرُونَ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْأَوَّلُونَ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ You are the last people in this dunya and you'll be the first on the day of judgment. You'll be the first on the day of judgment. And that shows that from the ways that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose this ummah is that he gave us this day of Friday. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, The best day that the sun has risen upon is the day of Friday. In it, Adam was created. And in it, he was, he was removed from Jannah. And in it, you'll be resurrected on the day of judgment. And, so, and also in this day of Jumu'ah, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us that there is a time, a sa'ah, a, a, a small period of time that la, 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 uh, there, there is no slave, abdul mu'min, there is no believing slave standing up, qa'imun yad'u, that he's making dua, except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give him what he's making dua for. And faja'ala yuqalliluha, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he made it very short, yani showing that it's a very short period of time. Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu anhumah, he said that the time is after asr, on the day of Jumu'ah, on the last hour of Jumu'ah, which is after Salatul Asr. And Jumu'ah has many, many, many virtues in Al-Islam. 
And it is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala specified this ummah for. <laughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about Salatul Jum'ah and He says, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, O you who have iman, إِذَا نُدِيَ لِلصَّلَاةِ مِنْ يَوْمِ الْجُمُعَةِ فَاسْعُوا إِلَىٰ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَذَرُوا الْبَيْعِ When إِذَا نُدِيَ لِلصَّلَاةِ When the prayer is called for on the day of Jumu'ah فَاسْعُوا إِلَىٰ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ Then run to the remembrance of Allah وَذَرُوا الْبَيْعِ And leave off buying and selling ذَلِكُمْ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ That's better for you if you really truly know And the Sahih of Imam Muslim The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said لقد همم نعم sorry the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said لا ينتهين أقوام عن ودعهم الجمعات أو لا يختمن الله على قلوبهم ثم لا يكونون من الغافلين that Allah is narrated by Bukhari and Muslim that the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said that the people they will stop leaving of Jumu'ah they will stop leaving of Jumu'ah أو الله سبحانه وتعالى is going to make a seal on their hearts and then they will become from those who are heedless and in another hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مَنْ تَرَكَ ثَلَاثَ جُمَعٍ تَهَاوُنًا طَبَعَ اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ قَلْبِهِ Whoever leaves off three Jumu'ah, three Friday prayers, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put a seal on his heart. Does that, mean, does that, that does not mean that the person becomes a kafir, as some people they thought. But a person, if he leaves off three Jumu'ah تَهَاوُنًا out of laziness, then this is a sign that his heart is going to be sealed and يعني, it's, a, it's a huge problem. Um, and so praying Salatul Jumu'ah and attending the Friday prayer is an obligation upon every single Muslim. Is an obligation upon every single Muslim who fulfills these conditions. And so the author, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, he says, The conditions for Jumu'ah to be obligatory upon you. When is Jumu'ah obligatory upon a person? Jumu'ah becomes obligatory upon a person when these seven conditions are met. If you have all of these seven conditions, then you have to pray Salatul Jumu'ah. So he says, number one, Al-Islam. A person is a Muslim, meaning a kafir does not have to pray Salatul Jumu'ah, and we've taken that before. But a kafir, he, does not, he doesn't pray. Rather, he has to become Muslim, and then he can pray. Number two is Wal-Hurriyah. He is free. If you're a free person, يعني you're not a slave. Because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, Al-Jumu'ah wajibun ala kulli muslimin illa ala arba'ah. Jumu'ah is obligatory upon every Muslim except for upon four people. And the first one is Abdin Mamluk, a slave who is owned. So someone who is a slave doesn't have to pray Jumu'ah. And also a woman, she doesn't have to pray. And a, tri- a child doesn't have to pray. And someone who is ill. Someone who is ill and he cannot attend the Jumu'ah. Then he says, the, se- the third condition is والبلوغ. At the age of puberty. Meaning a person below the age of puberty doesn't have to attend Salatul Jumu'ah. And the next one is والذكورة. A person is uh, A person is A male. Jumu'ah is only obligatory upon the males. What about the females? Are they allowed to pray Salatul Jumu'ah? Yes, they are allowed. And if they pray, then they are rewarded and they don't have to pray Salatul Dhuhr, of course. But they do not have to pray Salatul Jumu'ah. They can stay at home. They don't have to. طيب. Then he says, وَالصِّحَّةَ For a person to be healthy. Meaning if you're ill, you don't have to pray Salatul Jumu'ah. You can pray Dhuhr at home. وَالْسْتِيطَانَ The last condition is that you are someone who is a resident of that place. place. Your resident, meaning you're not traveling. Here, al-istitan does not exactly translate as resident. Maybe it could translate as someone being like um, his home country, a citizen. Uh, a person, when it comes to his him being resident or not, splits into three categories. You split into three categories. <coughs> the first category is a person who is a musafir, a traveler. A person who's a traveler. Who is a traveler? 
tempatnya Perfect answer, alhamdulillah. The reason I like the answer is because you covered everything. Sometimes some people just say you leave the country for 86 kilometers. No, that's not the case. It's not just that. Leaving the country 86 kilometers does not necessarily mean you're a traveler. Tayyip, with the intention is added. So Tayyip, a traveler, a musafir, write this down. A musafir is the one who leaves his home city for the distance of approximately 86 kilometers with the intention of not staying in one place for more than four days. And then we've taken that last lesson, right? That's a musafir. That person takes the ruling of a, of a musafir, of a traveler. Taib. The second one is muqim, someone who's muqim. Muqim, you can translate it as resident. He's resident. Oh. Hmm? You said leave the country. A city, city. Did I say country or city? Ah, city, city. City. No, or village. Place of residence, yeah. Tayyip. Uh, what's the second one? Muqim. Huh? Muqim. And a muqim is someone who intends to stay in a city for more than four days. If you're going to a, you're, you're not in your home city, you're in another city, but you intend to stay there for a month. Are you a traveler? No, you're not. You are, but are you mustawtin? You're not mustawtin, you're muqim. You're a resident. The third one is mustawtin. Mustawtin is a place of permanent residence. He's in, he's in his place of permanent residence. <clears throat> what is the definition of permanent residence? The place where your family lives. The place where your family lives. Yani you have gone there with the intention that now you are, you are going to live there. This is your home. Your home is there or your family is there or your wife is there or your children are there. This is your place of istitan. And that they take different rulings. Jumu'ah is not obligatory upon the muqim, according to his opinion. Jumu'ah is not obligatory upon the muqim. It's obligatory upon the mustawtin. The condition is that you have be mustawtin. This is your place of residence, where you live. And there's a benefit. This person now, this person who is, look, he is Muslim, free, age of puberty, sane, male, and mustawtin, without the, the siha, the, the um, health, take away the health. That person with those six conditions, he is considered to be Ahlul Jumu'ah, a person of Jumu'ah, a person of Friday prayer. Write that down. Huh? The person who has these six conditions is considered to be Ahlul Jumu'ah, a person of Jumu'ah. And there's a benefit behind being a person of Jumu'ah. Yani a person of Jumu'ah, he is the one who Jumu'ah is obligatory upon. And he is the one with which, with whom Jumu'ah is correct with. Yani, we're going to come to a condition, which we're going to see inshallah, that you have to have, for Jumu'ah to be correct according to the Shafi'is, is that you have to have 40 people. 40 people. When they say 40 people, they mean 40 people of Jumu'ah. 40 people of Jumu'ah. So therefore, if you have 39 people of Jumu'ah and one woman, is your Jumu'ah correct according to them? It's not correct. You understand? So knowing the people of Jumu'ah, this is the person of Jumu'ah. So the person of Jumu'ah is the one who's Muslim. He's free, age of puberty, sane, male, and mustawtin. You understand mustawtin, right? 
Everyone gets what Mustaltin is, right? Mustaltin is the one who's completely resident in that. Uh, that's his home, hometown. Mm. Because health, even if you go, if you have all of the other conditions, and you're not healthy, but you choose to go, you're Juma, you're still from the people of Juma. But it's not obligatory upon you to go. Mm. Yeah, mother, father, or wife, whichever one. Yeah, and if his wife, then it's his wife. That's the evidence. That's what's considered to be a person of Mecca. And the evidence is that, to, to make it clearer, the evidence is in the ayah in the Quran when Allah speaks, speaks about the mutamatta, the one who's doing tamatta in Hajj. The one who's doing tamatta in Hajj has to salute an animal in Hajj, right? If you're doing Hajj tamatta, are you guys there for Hajj tamatta? Any qira? We didn't do Hajj, huh? We didn't take Bab al Hajj. There's mutamatta, qiran, and ifrat mufrid. There's three types of Hajj. If you're doing Hajj of tamatta, then the person who's doing Hajj tamatta, he has to slaughter an animal as part of the rituals of Hajj. Except for the one who lives in Mecca. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes the exception in the Quran. How do you know you're someone who lives in Mecca? Are you staying there for a year? Are you staying there for two years? Are you, how do you know you're a person of Mecca? That's what Allah defines it. He says, That if, if your family is not living in Masjid al-Haram, then you are not a person of Mecca. Meaning the person of Mecca, the person who is mustawtin in Mecca or in any other city is the one who ahluhu, his family. So family is a broad, is a broad, is a broad answer. Yani a person can be mustawtin in two places. Your family are here and your wife and children are here. Like in the most, the, the scholars they say wife. The scholars they say they're wife and children. Obviously someone hasn't got wife and children, then they're parents. Like in general the wife and children is what you are mustawtin of, wherever they are. And in more than one wife, you're mustawtin in multiple places. Possible for someone to be mustawtin in multiple places. Okay. طيب. Then he says, The conditions for Jumu'ah to be correct. So now, this is the conditions for the person of Jumu'ah. The next one is the conditions for the actual salah, for the actual prayer. Other than obviously the conditions of a normal salah, which we've taken already. He says, number one, That Jumu'ah must be established in a balad, in a city what it means by balad is a resi residential area residential area not residential place yani residential city residential uh, village what do you mean by residential area what we mean by that it is built up with houses it is built up with houses what does that exclude places where someone lives and it's not built up with houses desert who lives in the desert bedouins al badia the people of the badia they live in the desert, they have their camels and they have their sheep and they go and they find the water and wherever the food is and the animals eat the food and then when the food finishes six months later they move on to the next place. This is the people of the Badia. They don't have to pray Jumu'ah. They're, they they're not allowed to pray Jumu'ah. In fact, according to the four Imams, the four Imams, they say you're not allowed to pray Jumu'ah because they are not people of the city. They have to go to the city to pray Jumu'ah. They have to go to the city to pray Jumu'ah. You cannot establish a, a Jumu'ah in a place where there is no... Um, there is no place where people are living. Okay? Dar al-Iqam. Wahi ibaratun abniyat al-lati yistawtinuha al-adad al-ladhina yusallun al-jum'ah. Naam. Tayyib. That's the first thing. Then he says, وَأَنْ يَكُونَ الْعَدَدُ أَرْبَعِينَ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْجُمْعَةِ The second condition for the Jum'ah to be correct is that, and this is the opinion of Imam 
Shafi'i and also is one of the opinions of Imam Ahmed rahimahullah that it has to be 40 people of Jumu'ah. 40 people of Jumu'ah. Who are the people of Jumu'ah? Hmm. Yeah, without Sihah. Whoever Jumu'ah is wajib upon without the condition of being healthy. So if you have, so the point is that, and that includes the Imam. The Imam must be a person of Jumu'ah and there has to be 40 people of Jumu'ah. If there is 39 people of Jumu'ah and one person is not a person of Jumu'ah, according to the Shafi'i, they pray Zuhur instead. Why? The evidence that they bring is that is the um, uh, the, the hadith of uh, it's not here. It's the hadith of uh, uh, Abu Sa'id al Khudri, from what I remember, that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he uh, they never prayed Jumu'ah until it was 40 people. They never prayed Jumu'ah until 40 people, and so therefore there was a need to pray Jumu'ah, but they never prayed until they had the correct number. And that's what they bring as an evidence. And there's difference of opinion amongst the scholars on this. Is it 40 people? Some say three. As Imam Malik rahimahullah ta'ala says And some say 12 As Imam Abu Hanifa says And no problem If a person has 40 then that's best And if a person doesn't have 40 And the people are praying Jumu'ah anyway without 40 Then they're still taking an opinion of the scholars So no problem a person can do that And the question that commonly comes up In schools and college and universities Ayah let's pray Jumu'ah when it's a prayer room You say Wallahu alam If they take the other opinion it's fine If they take the other opinion it's fine نعم من حديث نعم يبين أن في كل أربعين فما فوقها جمعة. even though the hadith is weak that the sunnah is that forty or more people is جمعة. also the hadith of كعب المالك أول من صلى بين الجمعة في نقيع الخضمات أسعد بن زرارة وكان أربعين the first person that we pray جمعة with was with أسعد بن زرارة وكنا أربعين we used to be we were forty people and also the hadith أن عليه الصلاة والسلام جمع بالمدينة وَلَمْ يُنْقَلْ أَنَّهُ جَمْعَ بِأَقَلَّ مِنْ أَرْبَعِينَ It was never narrated that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had Jumu'ah with less than 40 people. Um, نعم. نعم. Uh, they also condition, they also condition that this Jumu'ah that is in a city, it has to be inside the masjid. Jumu'ah must be in a masjid. And Jumu'ah cannot be established in a hall. Or... Established in a place other than a masjid Meaning, if there is a masjid where Jumu'ah is established Then it's not allowed for the people to go and do Jumu'ah anywhere else Rather, the scholars, they say That if there is one Jumu'ah in the city Then there's not allowed to be any other Jumu'ah They say that Obviously, the, that's in an ideal situation Why? Because the hadith of uh, the, 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 At the time of the Prophet wasallam In Al-Madinah there was a few masajid in Medina. Masjid al-Nabawi, which is the main masjid. And you had Masjid Bani Salima, which is known as Masjid Qiblatayn today. And you had Masjid Quba, which is there today. You have different masajid in Medina. None of them pray Jum'ah other than the Masjid al-Nabawi, the Masjid of the Prophet So because of that, they say that the ideal situation is that Jum'ah should only be prayed in one masjid. Except, and there is Ijma'ah, Imam Ahmed quotes Ijma'ah, that it is allowed when there is a need. It is announced when there is a need for a pre- for, for, like, like we have in London, in big cities. Imam Ahmed uh, mentions like Baghdad, the city of Baghdad when he was there. It's a big city, like London. Huh? It's a big city. One million people were living, were living in Baghdad, the biggest city in the world at the time. Obviously, one million people cannot fit in one masjid. So he said, by ijma' of what we have seen of, of the people of Baghdad, we had multiple jum'ah in, in, in the city of Baghdad. Therefore, if there is a need for having multiple jumu'at, then a person, then the city, we are allowed to have multiple jumu'ah. But if 
where in a village, for example, and this is why you're going to find if you go to villages, whether it be in your home country, uh, whether it be in Egypt, whether it be in Yemen, whether it be in Somalia, you're going to see in the small cities, in the small cities, there's one masjid of Jum'ah. One masjid of Jum'ah. And that's, they, a lot of them, they call it masjid Jum'ah. They call it masjid Jum'ah, or the Jami' al-Kabir. Al-Jami' al-Kabir, al-Masjid Jum'ah. And the small masajid don't pray Jum'ah. Don't pray Jum'ah. Everyone prays in that one masjid. And this is uh, how it's supposed to be. Rather, they say that if that is the situation where everyone can go to one masjid, the main masjid in the, in the village, then any other Jum'ah is invalid. Any other Jum'ah is invalid. The one that the Muslim leader, he allows to happen, is the one that is allowed to happen. No one else, no, no other Jum'ah is allowed to happen. Another situation, of course, in the situation where we are in London, because there are multiple, a lot of people who can't fit all in one masjid, then it's fine to have multiple Jum'at. But if there is a Jum'ah happening and people can fit in that masjid, and then a group of people, they decide to open a hall to do Jum'ah, when there is space and there is ability to go to the other masjid, then that whole Jum'ah is invalid and not allowed. Hmm? Just like that, if a person is in a school or university and they're able to go to the masjid to pray Jum'ah, then they're not allowed to establish the Jum'ah in that masjid or the school and the university. They have to go to the Jum'ah. Obviously, in a situation where you're not able to go, then that's different. The mashayikh, they give a different fatwa and allow you to pray Jum'ah because you're not able to go. Uh, but generally, that's the basic rule that Jum'ah must be established in a masjid. A masjid. And it cannot be established in places other than masajid unless there is a need for it. Unless there is a need for it. Uh, like we have today and in different situations. For example, in Corona, you, had, you needed some extra spaces. So if a person opened a hall from Jum'ah as well, then that would be fine as well, according to some mashayikh. But if a person prays Jum'ah in a hall, for example, or they establish Jum'ah in a hall, and there is other masajid which pray Jum'ah anyway, and the space people can go to that masjid in that city or in that locality, then that masjid in that hall is invalid. That Jum'ah in that hall is invalid. Wallahu alam. Mm. And it's something that I asked, and this is obviously something that doesn't happen, but it didn't happen back in the days. And I asked some of my mashayikh, like Sheikh, Sheikh Saleh al Usaymi, and he said that Sheikh Wasiullah Abbas, he said the same answer. Sheikh Asim al Qabiyut, he said the same answer. And Sheikh Ahmed Yere, Somali, from Somalia, he also the same answer. All of those masajid, all of those ulama, those scholars, they said that the same answer that is not allowed. Wallahu alam. It's allowed. It's good. Is it obligatory? Uh, some scholars would, would, would make it obligatory, so therefore it's safer to pray Jumar. Yeah. Yeah, if someone traveling to Medina, and they know for this, yeah, according to this opinion, it's not obligatory. Like, in, if you can hear the adhan, then Wallahu alam is obligatory. If you can hear the adhan, then it's obligatory. You have to. No. Um, no. So, 40 people, huh? Others say 12, no problem to have different fatwa. Uh, no problem. The next condition for the Salatul Jumu'ah is that it must be at its time. The Jumu'ah must be at its time. When is the time of Jumu'ah? According to the majority of the scholars, the time of Jum'ah is the time of Dhuhr. When is Dhuhr? <coughs> the back. When is Dhuhr? No one told me 1.15. I'm going to fight you. Huh. Mm. Time of Zawal. Ahsant. When is Zawal? When the, sign, when the sun leans to the western side of the sky. When does it finish? When does Dhuhr finish? Nah, the, sad, the shadow of the object is the same length as the object. Huh? That's when Dhuhr finishes. Therefore, Jumu'ah, the khutbah, and the salah must happen within that time. 
between the time of Zawal and until Asr. You're not allowed to delay Jum'ah until after Asr. It's not allowed, it's haram. And the Jum'ah becomes invalid and you have to pray Dhuhr instead, if the people delay it. And also you're not allowed to pray before, according to the majority of the scholars. The Hanabila, they allow it. They say that you can pray from Fajr all the way until, uh, from, from uh, Shuruq until Asr time. And they say it has the same time as Salat al-Eid. And the majority they say it's the Dhuhr time, Wallahu alam. should be prayed in Dhuhr. فَإِنْ خَرَجَ الْوَقْتُ صُلِّيَتْ ظُهْرًا If the time finishes, then you have to pray Dhuhr. Meaning, if a person misses Jumu'ah, can they make up Jumu'ah Asr time? Just like if you were to miss Dhuhr by accident, are you allowed to make, you make up Dhuhr, right? Even Asr time. Jumu'ah, are you allowed to do that? No. If you miss Jumu'ah, then you must pray Salatul Dhuhr. And there's no qada for Jumu'ah except for praying Salatul Dhuhr. Wallahu alam. Um... Yeah, if someone leaves Jumu'ah intentionally, they take the same ruling as Tarakul Salah. Wallahu alam. Obviously, Tarakul Salah, yani if you leave one Jumu'ah, but we didn't say that Tarakul Salah becomes a kafir if he leaves one Salah. He becomes a kafir if he leaves all the Salah, all the prayers. So if he leaves one Jumu'ah, he's not a kafir. He's still a Muslim. By the evidence of the hadith, he's still a Muslim. Leaving it once. A major sin, one of the biggest sins you can do. And we said that a person should be executed for that in a Muslim, in a Muslim country, Muslim government. But still a Muslim. As for the person who completely never prays, that's different. Because we have the hadith, look, man, man taraka thalatha whoever leaves three Jumu'ah in a row, Allah will put a seal upon his heart. People, if they leave, leave of Jumu'at, then Allah will put a seal on their heart. So he said three, not one. And that shows he's still a Muslim if he leaves one, but he's a major, major, major sinner. Hmm. He's still a Muslim, so. Hmm. As long as he prays. <coughs> then he says, uh, How does Jumu'ah go? The fara'id, the obligatory acts of Jumu'ah. Remember we have pillars of Salah, right? Pillars of Salah, Fatiha and stuff like that. They have pillars of Jumu'ah now, which are the fara'id of Jumu'ah. Number one is خطبتان يقوم فيها ويجلس بينهما Two khutbas that you, and you sit in between them Two khutbas and you sit in between them This is the first uh, pillar of Jumu'ah طيب These khutbas In the hadith of Jabir ibn Samurah الشارح says أنه عليه الصلاة والسلام كان يخطب خطبتين يجلس بينهما وكان يخطب قائما The Prophet sallallahu used to do two khutbas and he used to sit in between them and he used to do khutbah standing up and another narration أنه عليه الصلاة والسلام كان يخطب خطبتين يقرأ القرآن ويذكر الناس The Prophet sallallahu used to do khutbas and he used to recite the Quran in these khutbas and he used to remind the people and so the intention behind this khutbah is to remind the people of the dhikr of Allah. Because Allah says, فَسْعُوا إِلَى ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ Run to the remembrance of Allah. So therefore, Jumu'ah has a purpose, which is to remind the people of remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The scholars, they say that the Jumu'ah, it ha the, the khutbah, it has conditions. It has conditions. So it's not a choice of, of the khatib, of how he speaks, what he says during the khutbah. Generally, yani, Oh, oh, a complete and utter choice. We can say whatever he wants. Just speak to the people. لا. There is an intention behind it. We must be fulfilled. And if it's not fulfilled, then the khutbah is wrong. 
and it's something that we're gonna uh, we're gonna see here when you notice a lot of people, a lot of imams, they use Jumu'ah khutbah to be a political statement as a political statement, or they use it to remind the people of the news. They just want to be like BBC News. That's what they want to do, they, or they want to joke with the people, or they want people just to have fun. Or they're just joking and stuff like that. And the khutbah is, that's not the intention. The khutbah is an ibadah. It's an act of worship. It's not a lecture. It's not a talk. It's not a, it's not a podcast. It's not a talk show. It's not BBC News. It's not a presentation of the news. It's not just to remind the people of what Israel are doing. Or that someone, whatever's happening in the Muslim land. That's not what the intention of the khutbah. Even though there are benefits of that. There are benefits of the people knowing about the harms that are happening, happening to, the, to the Muslims. Like it's not the intention of the khutbah. The khutbah is not to speak about uh, what happened yesterday. Or, or what political group you should follow or you should vote for in the UK. The khutbah is not for that. The khutbah is not to speak about the rulers. Say that the rulers are this and that. That's not a benefit for the people. The khutbah is for the people to benefit by getting closer to Allah. You speaking about the rulers is not going to benefit them. Whether the rulers are good or bad. They might be bad. No problem. Like, and don't speak about the things that are not going to benefit the people. It's not a political statement. It's not a political or it's not a news broadcast. The khutbah has a... Has a uh, has a purpose. Therefore, the Shafi'i scholars and the majority, all of the scholars, they mention the khutbah's conditions. There's conditions for the khutbah. Tayyib, he says, number one, what's the first condition of the khutbah? Number one is, Alhamdulillah Ta'ala. You must ha- do, say, Alhamdulillah. You must say, Alhamdulillah. You must praise Allah by saying, Alhamdulillah. Number two is, As-salatu ala Rasulillah. You must send salah on the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with the word, As-salah. Number three is al wasiyyatu bi Allah. You must remind them to have taqwa of Allah. You must tell the people to have taqwa of Allah. Fear Allah. Qala Imam al-Haramain, al-Juwayni, he said, وَلَا يَكْفِ الْإِقْتِصَارُ عَلَى التَّحْذِيرِ مِنَ الْإِغْتِرَارِ بِالدُّنْيَا وَزَخَارِفِهَا It is not enough for you just to remind the people of oh, this dunya is nothing. No, that's not enough. فَإِنَّ ذَلِكَ قَدْ يَتَوَاصَى بِهِ مُنْكِرُ الشَّرَائِعِ Anyone can say that. Rather, in the khutbah, you must command the people to obey Allah. And you have to prevent, tell the people to stop sinning. No difference of opinion amongst the Shafi'i on this. And if he says, obey Allah, that's enough. If he just reminds of death, then it's not enough. So what about just speaking about politics? Do you think that's enough? Of course not. 100% it's not going to be enough. So the... The khutbah, the khutbah must be reminding the people of taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Shaykh ibn Uthaymeen rahimahullah, he says that it's enough for the khutbah as long as the people are reminded to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that's enough for the khutbah. But the fourth condition is making dua. Making dua. At the end of the khutbah, second khutbah. Yeah, so if a person, if the khatib does not fulfill these conditions, then according to the Shafi'iyah, the Jum'ah is incorrect. That's pretty Jum'ah, that's pretty Zuhur. So we, the behind yeah, that's pretty Zuhur. Okay, if the khatib is talking about the Muslim rulers or according to the Bid'ah and whatnot, what must it upon the person to do? If a person, uh, is the, 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 the khatib is an innovator, you still have to be attending the Jum'ah, number one. 
But number two, if you're a person who's able to speak, then you're allowed to speak against him. يعني, for example, the Sahaba, you're able to, يعني, if it's wise, and it's not wise the majority of the time. The only time it's wise is if you're the Imam of the Masjid, you're the big person, the president who's there, or you're the big mufti of the country, or you're the big sheikh of the country, and the khatib says something wrong, you say this is wrong, don't say that. That's fine. Us not wise to do that. Covering the ears, Allahu A'lam. I don't know about covering the ears. Lakin, uh, as we have the Sahabi, when the, the Khalifa, the leader, he put his hand up, he made, he made dua like this with his hands up. And he said, May Allah destroy those two hands. I only saw the Prophet doing this. He told him, don't do that. And he was a Sahaba, he was a companion. So he was able to do it in front of the ruler. Right? Notice he was in front of him, not behind his back. Hmm? So, uh, in that situation, but generally a person should try to go to people of Sunnah, and if you can't, then he should be wary of what the person is saying. Hmm. Yeah, it's allowed to refuse someone directly and directly in the khutbah. No. It's allowed. If needed, by a person of knowledge. طيب, number five is Qira'atu Shay'in min al Quran. You must recite something from the Quran, at least one ayah. At least one ayah of the Quran must be recited. In the khutbah. How many khutbahs do we have today? No ayah from the Quran at all. All of it is just speaking. Mm. Mm, yeah. He said it. Yeah, Nasr Shafi, he said it himself in one of his books. Mm. So if the Imam sends the names the Prophet وسلم, then you can say وسلم, quietly. You can say it quietly and there's a whole we're gonna come to it inshallah ta'ala at the end of this uh, mm. Yeah, I mentioned that right? And when you were sleeping. <laughs> no joke, it's okay. Uh, the, 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 it's, not allow, it's not allowed to raise your hand like this during Jum'ah. The Prophet said, would not do anything but this, and that's for the Imam only. Everyone else just says Ameen quietly to themselves. Mm. Yeah, the Imam only. He makes dua like this. That's what we're talking about. That's the dua is like this, with the finger raised only, not with the hands up. There's certain times. What's the ruling on raising the hands for dua? Mm. Mm. Slightly, no. Slightly, slightly. Mm. Anything else? Ahsant, that's it. The ruling on raising your hands is that it is recommended, it's sunnah. All the time. Unless you have an evidence to show you that it's not sunnah at this specific time. So generally the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Inna Allah hayyun kareemun. يَسْتَحِي مِنْ عَبْدِهِ إِذَا رَفْعَ يَدَيْهِ أَنْ يَدْرُدَّهُمَا أَنْ يَرُدَّهُمَا صِفْرًا Allah is hayyizd, shy, kareem, he's generous. He hates to, if a slave raises his hands, to return them empty-handed. Allah does not like to return your hands empty-handed if you raise your hands during dua. So therefore that shows what is sunnah all the time to raise your hands in dua. Unless there is evidence to show us that the Prophet ﷺ made dua and did not raise his hands. Like khutbah al-jumu'ah. Like Huh? In salah, after the salah, and raising your hands after salah is not dua time anyway. 
Adhkar is not dua, so you don't raise your hands in dua, in dhikr. So that's not really a, a, a time. Ha, another place. Dua for when you raise this hand. When you raise this hand. That's sunnah, in fact. If the khutbah, in the, in the khutbah, if the imam is making dua for rain, then you raise your hands in the khutbah. That's the only time you raise your hands during the khutbah. The only time. So other than that, you just say ameen. But if the imam says, Allahumma sqina, or Allah give us rain, then you raise your hands, say ameen. Then Allah you put your hands back down. Yeah, Allahumma say all of that. All of it, raise your hands in, for rain. Hmm. In sujood, you don't raise your hands. Ahsant. Sujood, you don't raise your hands, right? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam make dua in sujood, but never raise your hands. Hmm? When you're in a dars, la, you raise your hands. Why not? What's the evidence? What's the evidence? That you don't raise your hands in a lesson if the imam makes the shit, if the lead teacher makes dua. There's no evidence for that. You can raise your hands. Salat al-janazah. Yeah, you're in salah. You don't, you don't, you don't raise your hands. What else? Huh? In the grave, you make dua. Why not? What's the evidence that you don't raise your hand? The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam not raise his hand? You can raise your hand. That's why you should face the Qibla. Face the Qibla, don't face the grave. Face the Qibla to make dua at the grave. But don't face the grave. But you can make your hand. You move it to the side. Tawaf. In Tawaf. When the Prophet Sallallahu he never raised his hand. Those are some places that you don't raise your hand in dua. Other than that, the Sunnah is to raise your hand into all the time other than those places that were mentioned hmm? Hmm. sorry between the two khutbas is that a time for dua some scholars say it's a time for dua and therefore if it is a time for dua and it's not part of the khutbah you can raise your hand because you're, you're making your own dua it's not part of the khutbah you're now basically free you don't have to you're not, you're not restricted to the ties of the khutbah anymore between in that small period of time then when the khutbah starts again you have to again behave like in khutbah again hmm. طيب. Um, he says here, there's a benefit here he mentions. He says that uh, 40 people must hear the khutbah. 40 people, all these 40 people, they must hear the khutbah as well. Right? And he says here, وَهَلْ يُشْتَرَطُ كَوْنُهَا عَرَبِيَّةِ Does it have to be in Arabic, the khutbah? الصحيح, نعم. He says yes. The Shafi'i scholars, they say, the khutbah must be in Arabic. Because throughout generations there's never been a time where the khutbah was in another language other than Arabic before. And it was said it is not obligatory. Because the intention is there. The intention is to remind the people and if it's in, if it's not, if it's in Arabic, the people who don't understand Arabic, it's there. According to the opinion of the Shafi'iyah, if the people of Jumu'ah, 40 of them, they don't know Arabic. You're in a masjid, 100 people. Only 5 of them know Arabic. 40 of them don't know Arabic, then you can do it in other than Arabic, according to them. And every single person must learn Arabic. Every person has to learn Arabic in that city, in that village, wherever they are. What if they don't learn Arabic? Just like someone who can't say, can't read, just one is like someone who can't pray in Arabic. What does he do? He says, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah. He doesn't say Arabic until he learns it. He has to learn it though. If now according to the Shafi'i and this importance of Arabic, I mentioned it to you guys to know the importance of the Arabic language. Not to say that the khutbah is invalid. I mentioned to see how important, they, to the point that they put it, this condition on the khutbah. Huh? If a time period goes on where the people, they could learn Arabic and they don't learn Arabic. Let's say two years. Let's say Islam comes to this country. We start Jumu'ah. Then 
the khutbah is in whatever language, English, for that period of time, and everyone has to learn Arabic in order for the Jum'ah to be correct in Arabic. Huh? But no one learns it. They're all sinning. And they don't pray Jum'ah. Rather, they pray Dhuhr instead. They don't pray Jum'ah. And that's just so, according to that opinion. Lakin wallahu alam is that an opinion which is between them. He says, Qila la yajib. The other opinion is that you don't have to, it doesn't have to be in Arabic. And what seems to be correct, wallahu alam, is that the pillars must be in Arabic. The pillars must be in Arabic. So, alhamdulillah, since Allah and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam reciting one ayah in the Quran in Arabic, making dua in Arabic, and also um, remind them of Allah, say, ittaqullah, fear Allah, ati'ullah. And that's enough, then you can do the rest in English. And what is enough to fulfill all of those pillars is what one thing, which is what? Khutbatul Hajjah. Inna alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu. The khutbah that Ibn Mas'ud and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam used to do. And that khutbah is enough if you do that and then you can do any other language after that. Then you fulfill the conditions of the khutbah and the khutbah is correct. Now, the question at the back. How many people? Mm. Yeah, according to the Shafi'i, it's 40 people. Yeah, a condition, yeah. There has to be 40 people of Jum'ah to pray. According to the Shafi'i's question. No, if the if the khatib fulfills the five conditions and the person listening can't understand Arabic, then the Jum'ah is correct. The Jum'ah is still correct. So if the whole khutbah is in Arabic, Jum'ah is correct. But if it's in English and the, the pillars are not in Arabic, then that's a problem. It is the best, wallahu alam, is for the pillars to be in Arabic and the rest to be in the language of the people so they, they benefit and understand. Because Jum'ah is for the people to understand. But if there's no, in Arab, not no Arabic or just a little bit of Arabic, then a lot of time there is opinion, so it's fine. Your Jum'ah is not even valid. Even if there's 12 people, not 40 people, it's valid. Mm. Mm. The length. No, there's nothing length. Nothing uh, from the pillars to... Uh, it's not a pillar for the length of the khutbah. But the sunnah is to make it short. The Prophet ﷺ told us, إِنَّ قِصَرَ خُطْبَةِ الرَّجُلِ وَطُولَ صَلَاتِهِ مَئِنَّةُ مِنْ فِقْهِهِ وَمِنْ فِقْهِ الرَّجُلِ That a person's short khutbah and his long salah, it shows you have fiqh. Why? Sunnah of the Prophet is to make the khutbah short because the people, they're not able to listen for too long. People get bored, people get, you know, tired. Or some people are busy. So to make a short khutbah is better. And it's a sunnah. The whole khutbah. Yeah, if it makes a dua, yeah, no problem, length, no problem. If you make a dua longer than the khutbah, no problem, but I don't think many people do that. They don't make it longer. The majority of people don't do that. Last question. Mm. Yeah, some people they give a reminder in English before the actual khutbah starts. Wallahu alam, uh, a lot of the scholars they say this is bid'ah, it's an innovation. Because the khutbah is there for a reason, for the people to benefit. And the reason why they do that is because uh, uh, the Hanafis, they believe that the khutbah has to be in Arabic, just like the Shafi'iyah. They believe the khutbah has to be in Arabic. So therefore, to benefit the people, what do they do? They do, the khutbah in, they do a khutbah in English or a reminder in English, then they do the actual khutbah. Today, what people do now, they, they remind them before, then they do a khutbah again in English. So they, they just follow the, the, the culture and, and they miss the reason. They miss the, the reason was so that the khutbah can be Arabic and the reminder is in English. Either way, it's bid'ah. In any way, whatever you do, it, it's bid'ah. It's not, it's not allowed, wallahu alam. Lakin, that's the reason why they do it. Wallahu uh, alam. Fans shouldn't do that. So if a person takes the other opinion that it can be partly in the other language, then you can do it in the khutbah, and you know, there's no need for that previous khutbah. 
والله اعلم اوكي ذن هي سيز وهيئاتها او سننها نعم وسننها يعني هيئاتها ذا سنه اوف جمعه اوف ذا خطبه سنه اوف جمعه سوري سنه اوف جمعه اوف ذا برير اوف ذا جمعه برير هي سيد نمبر 1 از الغسل فور ا بيرسون تو دو غسل بيفور جمعه فور ا بيرسون تو دو غسل بيفور جمعه That's because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us in the hadith غسل الجمعة واجب على كل محتلم الجمعة, the غسل of Friday is واجب meaning emphasized here واجب means emphasized واجب على كل محتلم upon every person who's at the age of puberty meaning every person who's attending the Jumu'ah then the khutb, then the uh, غسل is an emphasized sunnah for them and it's not obligatory According to the majority of the scholars And some scholars they say it's obligatory Because the word wajib was used And in, in, in fact the word wajib here Is not intended to mean obligatory Wallahu alam uh, According to those scholars And that seems to be stronger Wallahu alam And we, we've taken this before right When Uthman radiallahu anhu entered into the masjid And Umar radiallahu anhu told him that Why are you late? And he said I only was only able to do wudu And so he only done wudu right uh, And that shows that Jumu'ah The ghusl of Jumu'ah is sunnah And it's not wajib According to these scholars Some scholars like Sheikh Al-Albani rahimahullah says that it's obligatory. Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah says that ghusl al-jumu'ah becomes obligatory if you have a bad smell only. And that's يعني, generally uh, the case according to everyone anyway. يعني, if a person has a bad smell, then he shouldn't enter the, enter the masjid with a bad smell. فالله عالم السنه. The Prophet said, if any one of you comes to Jumu'ah, then let him do ghusl. And the Prophet said, The right of Allah is that a person should, the right of Allah is that a person does ghusl every seven days at least. That is at least on the day of Jumu'ah. Uh, and the Prophet said, من اغتسل يوم الجمعة ولبس من أحسن ثيابه ومس من طيب إن كان عنده whoever does ghusl for the day of Jumu'ah. And he wears this best clothing. And he puts on some perfume. Then he comes to Jum'ah and he doesn't climb over the necks of the people. Going through the rows and going through people's necks, annoying people. Then he prays sunnah. He prays um, sunnah. He prays some voluntary prayers that whatever Allah allows him to pray. Then he, he, he's quiet and he listens to the khutbah until his imam finishes the salah. كانت كفارة لما بينه لما بينها وبين الجمعة التي قبلها. If he does all of that, then it's going to be an expiation for all of his sins between the last Jumu'ah and this Jumu'ah. And also in the Hadith of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, he said من غسل واغتسل. Whoever does Jumu'ah, whoever does غسل on the day of Jumu'ah, and ومشى ولم يركب, and he walks and he doesn't go in his vehicle, يعني he walks to Salat al-Jumu'ah, and he أنصت, he listens to the khutbah. Every single step that he takes to Jumu'ah, every single step, it will be equal to one year of standing and fasting, of praying. Every single step. Uh, Abu, Abu, Abu al-Iraqi, he said, I don't know any virtue of Jumu'ah bigger than this hadith. Every single step, one year of fasting and one year of standing up and praying. Mm. That's a lot of reward. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most generous. So that's the ghusl of Jumu'ah. Then he says, number two is وَتَنْظِيفُ jasad To clean your body. Person to clean himself is another sunnah of Jumu'ah as well. Ghusl is something else and Tanzif is something else. For example, um, cutting the nails. Um, 
Imam Ahmed used to take his mustache, cut his mustache every every Jum'ah. Generally like that. Moving if you have someone sweating, removing his sweat. But obviously if he does that by ghusb. Like that. General. Cleanliness hygiene. Then he says, To wear white clothes. Wearing white on Jumu'ah is the best. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ told us to wear Ahsan al-Thiyab, our best clothing. And the Prophet ﷺ said the best clothing is white. The best clothing, the clothing is white. So wearing white on Jumu'ah is the best. And to put on perfume on Jumu'ah. That's something that we've taken in the hadith, right? To put on perfume. Then he says, it is recommended for a person to keep quiet during the khutbah. This is the next masala. Here, he says, it is recommended to keep quiet. And this is the new opinion of Imam Shafi'i. Do you guys know Imam Shafi'i has jadid wal qadim, old opinion, new opinion? Imam Shafi'i, rahmahullah, he had students in Iraq, then he moved to Egypt, and he had students as well in Egypt. In Iraq, he had opinions that were written down from him. And in Egypt, sometimes he, he learned a lot of new hadith. And so that made him change his opinion more. So in Egypt, he had different opinions, different opinions and a lot, a lot of issues. And the scholars, they say the majority of the time, the correct opinion in the Shafi'i Madhab is the late, the late opinion, the new opinion, the new opinion. Hmm? Except in certain masail, certain issues, the older opinion is stronger. Hmm? This is one of them. Here, the new opinion is what? Mustahab is recommended to keep quiet. That's the new opinion of Imam Shafi'i. The old opinion of Imam Shafi'i is what? It's wajib, obligatory. And this is the strong opinion that it's obligatory to keep quiet. Because the Prophet وسلم, said, Whoever even touches rocks, you play with the carpet in Jum'ah, then you have فَقَدْ لَغَى يعني You've lost a lot of the reward of Jum'ah. And the Prophet وسلم, said, مَنْ قَالَ لِأَخِيهِ وَالْإِمَامُ يَخْطُبُ أَنْصِتْ فَقَدْ لَغَى Whoever says to his brother, whilst his Jum'ah, the Imam is doing khutbah, he says to someone else, be quiet. You're not talking, but you tell someone else, be quiet. Then you have lost the reward of your Jum'ah as well. So that shows that talking whilst Jumu'ah is going on, whilst the khutbah is going on, is haram, not allowed. Right, it's not allowed. إِذَا قُلْتَ لِصَاحِبِكَ وَالْإِمَامُ يَخْطُبِ يَوْمَ الْجُمْعَةِ أَنْصِتْ فَقَدْ لَغُوت If you say to your, your brother, or your friend, um, um, be quiet whilst the Imam is doing khutbah, then you have done al-lagu, يعني you have done sin. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in the Quran, وَإِذَا قُرِئَ الْقُرْآنُ فَاسْتَمِعُوا لَهُ وَأَنْصِتُوا When the Quran is being recited, then be, listen to it and be quiet. The majority of the scholars, they say, نَزَلَتْ فِي الْخُطْبَةِ This ayah is talking about being quiet, يعني, in the khutbah. Uh, why? And so, وَإِذَا قُرِئَ الْقُرْآنُ When the Quran is being recited, meaning in Jum'ah. And some scholars, they say also, in Surah Al-Fatiha. When the Surah Al-Fatiha is being recited, then be quiet. Either way, in khutbah, we're commanded to keep quiet, and therefore, uh, it is an obligation, Wallahu a'lam. This is the correct opinion, Wallahu a'lam. The old opinion of Imam Shafi'i. So why did it? Why did they say is what was recommended? Because they have different narrations of some, some people speaking to the Imam during khutbah. So therefore, what do we say? Is it recommended because of that? No. What do we say? Hmm? To speak. Mm -mm. No, it's not allowed even with a need. Because if you're telling your brother to be quiet, is that a need? It's like it's not allowed. Mm. Uh, Umar al-Khattab speaking to Uthman, for example. The Prophet or the man standing up, telling the Prophet, asking the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, make dua for us. Mm. Uh, yeah. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself spoke to the man during khutbah. Mm. 
No, because you can, he's speaking, you should be quiet. You're not saying quiet, he's, he's doing something bad. Ahsant. It's only between you and the Imam. If they're speaking to the Imam, then it's allowed. Other than that, it's not allowed to speak. Yeah, if the Imam speaks to you, you're allowed to respond to him. And if you need to speak to the Imam, then you're allowed to correct the Imam. You're allowed to. But if the Imam speaks to you, then you're allowed to respond. But speaking to anyone else during khutbah is not allowed. Haram. It's not allowed. So that's how we, so when the scholars, some of the scholars, they say, okay, we have these narrations that show that the Imam or that someone spoke during the khutbah to the Imam. That shows that you can't speak during khutbah to anyone else. They know that's only to the Imam, specific to the Imam. Hmm. Ahsan, that's another, that's another thing that they bring as well. They say it's recommended because you're allowed to pray. And if you're allowed to pray, then you're not listening to the Imam. But we say that's not speaking to anyone else. And still, that is an exception. Tahir to the masjid is the only exception. And so if the Imam is doing khutbah and you come into the masjid and you uh, haven't prayed Tahir to the masjid, then you're allowed to, you should pray Tahir to the masjid. It's sunnah. But speaking to anyone else or speaking during the khutbah, other than that, is not allowed. Wallahu alam. But they do use the evidence. Hmm. No, if someone's on the way and he, the Jum'ah is going, the khutbah is going on and he hasn't entered the masjid, then no. He can hear the khutbah, no, this doesn't come under because he hasn't entered the masjid. Last question. Yeah, even for the child, you're not allowed to tell your child to be quiet. Maybe hold his mouth, hold him. But as for speaking or moving your attention, you shouldn't. Mm. He says, وَمَنْ دَخَلَ mm, So therefore you have to keep quiet, right? وَمَنْ دَخَلَ وَالْإِمَامُ يَخْطُبْ Whoever, whoever enters into the masjid and the imam is doing khutbah, then you pray two raka'ah quickly and then you sit down and you listen to the khutbah if the imam is doing khutbah. So therefore this is an exception for that. That's because the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when a man entered into the masjid and he said to him, Hal, have you prayed two raka'ah? Uh, and the man said no And so the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Said قم فصلي ركعتين He said أصليت يا فلان قال لا قال قم فركع وفي رواية قم فصلي ركعتين وفي رواية صلي ركعتين وفي رواية إذا جاء أحدكم يوم الجمعة وقد خرج الإمام فليصلي ركعتين And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said Stand up and pray to pray to Raka'ah A man came inside the masjid And, and he sat down The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said Did you pray to Raka'ah? He said no And so the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Told him to stand up and pray to Raka'ah And that shows that a person is allowed to do that طيب. What about giving salam? Someone gives salam Comes inside and gives salam Are you allowed to say Wa alaykum salam? No you're not uh, Someone says Sneezing Same thing Sneezing not allowed as well. Sneezing, say alhamdulillah, say alhamdulillah. Some of the scholars, they make that as an exception as well. They say you can um, respond to the one who's sleeping. No, you don't respond to the salam, lakin you do. And there's a difference of opinion, based on the difference of opinion. Is it recommended to keep quiet or not? Haram to keep quiet? Then you can't do that. No. That is salat al-jama'ah. No. What's the question there? Any question? Yeah, children inside the masjid, obviously they should come to the masjid, but they should be controlled without harming the people or anything like that. Uh, if you keep them close to you, the Prophet 
he had Al Hassan Al Hussein inside the masjid and he was in the khutbah whilst doing the khutbah on the, on the minbar and he saw Al Hassan Al Hussein he said Inna ma'amwalukum wa'uladukum fitna your wealth and your children are a fitna and so he went down and he picked them up because of his love for him he said they're a fitna because of how much I love them Al Hassan Al Hussein and so يعني, looking after them making sure they're not making too much noise is good picking them up is okay it's allowed it's allowed for the imam the imam is different the imam has a certain situation he, well, he's allowed to do certain things that other people aren't allowed to do. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and you keep them quiet, moving them, uh, moving them, even moving up, standing up and moving them. It's fine. It's allowed. It's allowed, it's allowed. To move around, and to move them out, keep them quiet. It's allowed. Without leaving the khutbah. No. Yeah, talking does not invalidate the Jum'ah. Lowers the reward. No. no, that shouldn't be done either. Saying someone to be quiet or anything like that shouldn't be done. Allahu Akbar. The Imam can respond to the Salam. Yeah. The last question? The Imam says, Salam alaikum. Does the Adhan have to be given? Yeah, Sunnah. Adhan is Fardu Kifaya. Hmm? Hmm. That was the last question. Fasulun fi salatil the month of Ramadan and the Eid that we have after the slaughtering of or sorry the, the one we have after Arafah and therefore Salatul Eidain the Salah on the Eid is something that we is a day that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us to celebrate uh, having these two seasons of worship finished Ramadan and also Hajj and these are the two greatest times of uh, Ibadah acts of worship in Islam during the year so therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala legislated for us to celebrate on the day of Eid and on the day of Eid the main thing that people do is the prayer of Eid so therefore we need to learn how to do Salatul Eid and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala legislates and mentions it in the Quran indirectly when he says فَصَلِّ rabbika wanhar, pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and slaughter meaning in what Eid? Adha Eid al-Adha we slaughter فَصَلِّ لِرَبِّكَ وَنْحَرْ and, and in other Eid Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about it قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ تَزَكَّى وَذَكَّرَ اسْمَ رَبِّهِ فَصَلَّى he is successful, the one who gives zakah. Which, which Eid do you give zakah to al-fitr? Eid al-fitr. Huh? And he remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and فصلاه, he prays. And these are the indirect ways that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions and uh, alludes to the two Eid prayers or the two, to the two Eid prayers in the Quran. So the author, rahimahullah ta'ala, he says, وَصَلَاتُ الْعِيدَيْنِ سُنَّةِ صَلَاتُ الْعِيدَيْنِ السُنَّةِ and this is the Shafi'i Madhab opinion. They say that Salat al-Eid is Sunnah and it's not obligatory upon people to go. And we say, we give you the principle of something that when it's, that it's, a, when it's a symbol of Islam, what's the ruling of it? Like what? What's the ruling on something that is a symbol of Islam? Mm. It has to be done, it has to be established in the land. يعني استفرضوا كفاية A 
communal obligation. It has to be established. If it is not established, everyone's sinning. But if it is established, then those people who have done it, they get rewarded. The people who don't do it, they're not, they're not sinning. Yani for example, uh, Salat al-Eid. If no one prays Salat al-Eid, there's no way to find Salat al-Eid in the, in the country, in the city, in London. Everyone's sinning. But let's say there is one Salat al-Eid being prayed in London, in the park. Then those people, they get the reward for establishing it and know everyone else is not sinning. And it's, not, it's, it's lower than individual obligation, like the five daily prayers. If I pray, I'm rewarded. If you pray, you're not, if you don't pray, then you're sinning, I'm not sinning. You understand? That's fardu'ayn. Singular obligation. Communal obligation is something that has to be established. And the principle is that the symbols of Islam are all fardu kifaya. The outward symbols of Islam are fardu kifaya, meaning the public acts of worship. Like, um, not all of them, like, like adhan, congregational prayer, Eid. And not all of them, sometimes there sometimes will be sunnah, like for example, taraweeh. Because you can't pray taraweeh at home. طيب um, so Salat al-Eid is fardu kifaya هذا الشارح says وقيل إنها فرض كفاية لأنها من شعائر الإسلام فتركها تهاون في الدين it is from the outward symbols of Islam and leaving it is playing with the religion وتشرع جماعة بالإجماع there's no difference of opinion that you should pray in jama'a وهي how do you pray ركعتان يكبر في الأولى سبعا سوى تكبيرة الإحرام two raka'a you pray two raka'a in the first raka'a you do seven takbirat. So you do seven takbirat. Other than takbirat al-ihram. Excluding takbirat al-ihram. So you start the salah Allahu Akbar. Then you do seven. Allahu Akbar, Allah, seven times. So therefore altogether, how many is it? Eight. Takbirat al-ihram and then seven extra takbirat of Eid. That's because Allah says in the Quran, وَلِتُكَبِّرُوا اللَّهَ عَلَى مَا هَدَاكُمْ after he mentions the fasting of Ramadan, he says that one of the intentions is that so that you may do takbir of Allah that he's guided you. You may venerate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the fact that he's guided you. And that's the first rak'ah. You do seven and then you pray normally. And the sunnah is to recite in the first rak'ah suratu iqtarabati sa'ad wa inshaqqu al-qamar or surat qaf. Surat qaf. And it's also been narrated sabbihisma rabbika al-a'la. It's a sunnah. And then you, you pray like normal, and then you come back up for the second rak'ah. You do five takbirat other than the takbir of getting up, of the qiyam. So you say, Allahu Akbar, stand up straight, then you say five extra ones. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. That's how you pray Salat al-Eid. In the second rak'ah, you recite, al-qamar. So in the first rak'ah qaf, second one, iqtarabati sa'a wa shakka al-qamar. Also been narrated surah sabbih ismi rabbika al-a'la and hal ataka hadith al-ghashiyah. In the first rak'ah and the second rak'ah hal ataka hadith al-ghashiyah. Uh, and whatever you recite is fine, right? Uh, and then after that you do two khutbas, you do khutbatain, two khutbas. And that's because the hadith of Ibn Umar radiyallahu anhumah, he said, anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa aba Bakr wa Umar radiyallahu anhumah kanu yusalluna al-eida qabla al-khutbah. That the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam would pray Eid before the, the khutbah, and by there's no difference of opinion amongst the scholars that Eid is there's no valid difference of opinion amongst the scholars that the Eid khutbah is two khutbahs and not one, as opposed to the opinion of Ibn Hazm. Ibn Hazm says it's one, and there's a weak opinion, no doubt, that rather it is two khutbahs, and that is the way. Oh, sorry, no, Ibn Hazm, sorry, I don't think Ibn Hazm even takes that opinion. Astaghfirullah. Sorry. And so uh, it is the opinion of all the scholars throughout history of Islam that the khutbah to Eid is two khutbahs. Um, and so generally everyone knows how to pray Salat al-Eid, right? Start Salat Allahu Akbar, then you do seven takbirat, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, seven times. Then you stand up for the second rak'ah after you finish the first rak'ah and you do five uh, takbirat. 
and that is the way to pray. In between the takbirat, do you say anything? It's narrated from uh, Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu that you would say Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Wala ilaha illallah, Wallahu Akbar, as narrated by Al Bayhaqi in his Sunan. That you say Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Wala ilaha illallah, Akbar, then you say another Allah Akbar. Then Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Wala ilaha illallah, Akbar, then Allah Akbar. Whilst praying. Is that clear? Have you had the question somewhere? Yeah, there's a difference of opinion if the Takbirat al Ihram is included. So some of the Hanabila they say it is seven, including Takbirat al Ihram. So you do Takbirat al Ihram plus six. And the second rakah you do four. So you do, it's not, you do the standing up one and then four more. That's the Hanabila opinion. Mm. If someone messes up the takbirat and doesn't do the right amount, then it's still valid. Because these takbirat are sunnah. These takbirat are sunnah. Still valid. Yeah, after each takbir, do you put your hands on your chest or not? Yes, you do. You can. And you can put it down on the side as well. It's fine. So the first one, qaf. Second one, iqtarabat al-sa'a. Shaq al-qamar. Surat al-qamar. And the other one is, Sabih Ismar al-Bukala'ala in the first one. And al-Ghashi in the second one. Mm-hmm. Your question? Mm. Yeah, I know a lot of the scholars they say if there is salat al there is Eid on the day of Jum'ah, then you if you pray Eid, then you don't have to pray Jum'ah. You don't have to pray Jum'ah. If you pray Eid, we have to pray Dhuhr instead. Or you can pray Jum'ah, you can. And if you didn't pray Eid, then you have to pray Jum'ah. Except for the Imam. The Imam has to pray both because he has to lead the people in both. Mm-hmm. Then he says, Now this is talking about another ruling which is pertaining to Eid, which is not the actual Eid Salah, but it's pertaining to Eid, which is the Takbirat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, Allah, he, he makes the symbol of Eid, Takbir. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar is the symbol of Eid. This is what we do during Eid. We say Allahu Akbar, Allah is the greatest. Praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and remembering Allah. Saying that Allah is the greatest because He guided us to do the act of worship that we just finished doing. On the day of Ram- in Ramadan, we just finished fasting 30 days of Ramadan and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guided us to that. And so Allah says, وَلِتُكَبِّرُوا اللَّهَ عَلَى مَا هَدَاكُمْ So that you may praise or, or say takbir of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala due to the fact that He guided you. And in Salatul, and in, in Yawm Al-Adha, in the day of Eid Al-Adha, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also tells us to do takbir on that day because that is the symbol of the day of Eid Al-Adha. We say Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. And so these takbirat are two types. There's general and specific. What do you mean by general takbirat? It's general takbirat that you do all the time. And so it's sunnah to do takbir all the time. وَيُكَبِّرُ مِنْ غُرُوبِ الشَّمْسِ لَيْلَةَ الْعِيدِ إِلَىٰ أَنْ يَدْخُلَ فِي الصَّلَاةِ From, it is sunnah to do eid, to do, to do um, takbir all the time from when the sun sets on the last day of Ramadan. Yeah, in the last day of Ramadan, you just have your, you see, the sun sets, it's now eid night. Eid night. In the morning it's going to be eid day. Eid night, from Eid night, it is sunnah to be saying Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, and to do a lot of takbir. Huh? And then, وَفِي الْأَضْحَى That's general. وَفِي الْأَضْحَى خَلْفَ الصَّلَوَاتِ الْفَرَائِضِ مِنْ صُبْحِ يَوْمِ عَرَفَ إِلَى الْعَصْرِ مِنْ آخِرِ أَيَامِ التَّشْرِيقِ Then we have specific takbirat, which are done after the five daily prayers, which we just done last month, remember? When, after, when you pray every, every prayer, after each prayer, Everyone would say loudly, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. These are called 
the specific takbirat that you do from when? On the day of Ad, on Eid al-Adha, which is the, the Eid of, of Hajj. After every of the, all of the five daily prayers, min subhi yawmi arafah, from the morning of Arafah, which is the ninth of Dhul-Hijjah. So you start. So the specific takbirat, they start from the ninth of Dhul-Hijjah, which is the day of Arafah. إِلَى الْعَصْرِ مِنْ آخِرِ أَيَّامِ التَّشْرِيقِ Until the Asr of the last day of the Tashriq. What are the days of Tashriq? The back. Hmm? Hmm? The three days after Eid, which is the 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th. Oh, 11th, 12th, and 13th of Dhul These three days are called Ayyamu Tashriq. And the Prophet said about them, Ayyamu Tashriqi, Ayyamu Aklim wa Shurbin wa Dhikri lillahi azza wa jal. That the ayam, the days of tashriq, are days of eating and drinking and remembering Allah. So they are also days of Eid. But they are also day, they are days of Eid and remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a lot. And so we to remembering Allah, part of it is doing takbir after each of the five daily prayers. So here we have two times, right? Two types of takbir. What, what are they? Mutalaq and muqayyad. General and specific. What's the general one? At the back, at the back. General one, specific. Hmm. General, what's general? What is it though? What is it? What do I mean by general? General takbir. What do I mean by it? Hmm. Doing any time. All the time, you're always doing takbir. Huh? And that is from when? Sunset of the last day of Ramadan until? Until Salat al Eid. Until the Eid prayer. Until you start the Eid prayer. Right, that's general. Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu and Abu Huraira, they would go to the marketplace and they would be doing takbir and everyone would be following them. And Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu would, naam, uh, we'll mention in a minute, inshallah. So these are general, right? That's from the, the, day, the night of Eid, as soon as Eid starts, the night of Eid, until the morning of Eid, until the Eid Salah. That's one time, that's one general time. Another general time is all of the 10 days, of the first 10 days of the Hijjah. And from the first all the way until the thirteenth of the Hijjah, from the first all the way until the thirteenth of the Hijjah, it's also general all the time. This is when Ibn Umar and Abu Hurairah anhum they would go to the marketplaces and they would do takbir and everyone would follow their takbirat. And Umar bin Khattab in Mina in his tent, radiyallahu anhu, would be saying takbir so loudly that the whole of Mina they would follow his takbir and everyone until they will be the Mina will start shaking with takbirat. People would say Allah Akbar, Mina will be shaking. And that shows that it's general. The general times is when it's two times, right? From the day, for Eid al-Fitr, when is it? Eid al-Fitr, when is it? Huh. Maghrib of the last day of Ramadan until until the Eid Salah. That's for Eid al-Fitr. And Eid al-Adha, when is the general takbirat? Huh? From the no, the general, general. From the ten until thirteenth, first until the thirteenth of the Hijjah. All of them are general. Okay, that's general. So general is two, huh? Always say takbir all the time. And the specific one is when? The ninth of the hijjah until? The last, uh, the fajr of the ninth of the hijjah until asr of the thirteenth of the uh, hijjah, which is the last day of tashriq. Is that clear, guys? Hmm. If a person intends to do it in congregation, then it's not good. But if a person, everyone's doing it and it happens to be together, then it's fine. It's okay. Because Umar al-Khattab used to do it in a minute, everyone would do it with him. And also in uh, Ibn Umar and Abu Hurairah, they would do it in the marketplace, people would do it with them. So that's, it is, it is tawafuq, if it happens like that. 
But intending it is not sunnah, no. Mm. Uh, yeah, when the imam comes out, you stop doing takbirat. Yeah, you carry on, you, you carry on doing takbir until the imam comes out. Tayyib, that is salatul eid. Exactly, the question of this is. Tayyib, faslun fi salatil kusufain. The two eclipse prayers. The two eclipse prayers. The prayer of the two eclipse prayers. Do you still order for each step salatul jum'ah? If you take the bus as it is far as to walk? No. The step. You get extra reward. That's what the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said. Wamasha wala mirkab. He walks and you don't you don't take a, a vehicle. But it's still a reward in, in either way going there. But walking is more virtuous. Uh, one is the minimum and three is good. Three is narrated from the son of the salaf. Three. Is it recommended for women to go juma? It's allowed. It's not recommended, but it's allowed. Uh, if not, do we still get the same reward? Yeah, we still get the same reward, inshallah ta'ala. And praying at home is better. Praying at home is better. You get a bigger reward. Mm. <coughs> Wherever you're leaving from is fine, inshallah ta'ala. Yeah, it's fine. No problem. Even from your house or from work, it's fine. Yeah, it can be used for both. Yeah. Yeah, you can use both for kusuf and khusuf, so interchangeably. But we're going to mention it, inshallah, in a minute. Mm. And then you walk. You get the reward for the walking, inshallah. And if you take the bus halfway and then you walk halfway, then you get reward for the halfway walking, inshallah. Yes, inshallah. Every step you take that reward, inshallah. But when you say seven, that means that without going uh, in the middle of the street. Yeah, but the intention is that he walked. The intention is that he walked. Yeah, so if a person walks, then he gets that reward, inshallah. It won't be a problem if you go halfway. Inshallah, but it's better. It won't be the same reward. It won't be the same reward. لكن it's still a huge reward for that. والله أعلم. طيب. فصل في الكسوفين. The two eclipse prayers. And the eclipse is when uh, the, the word kusuf can be used or generally is used for the eclipse of the, of the sun. When the sun eclipse. يعني the solar eclipse. When there is a solar eclipse it's called الكسوف. And when there is a lunar eclipse meaning the moon is eclipsed then it is Al-Khusuf with a Kha. Allah says, لا أقسم بيوم القيامة فإذا خصف فإذا برق البصر وخصف القمر Allah says, خصف القمر Kha. When the moon eclipses, we use the word Kha. خصف. And Al-Khusuf is for the sun. But they can be used interchangeably. يعني you can say Khusuf for the moon and the sun, and you can say khusuf for the moon and the sun. But generally, uh, what is, is more specific or what's more um, accurate is to use khusuf for the sun and khusuf for the for the moon. Either way, you can use it both interchangeably. And the the, the, the eclipse of the sun, 
The reason for it is the moon coming between the earth and the sun. The reason or the, the, how it happens is the moon comes between the earth and the sun. And the eclipse of the moon is that the earth comes between the sun and the moon. Is that the earth comes between the sun and the moon. And they are two signs from the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because on the Day of Judgment, Allah says, فَإِذَا بَرِقَ الْبَصَرُ وَخَسَفَ الْقَمَرُ The moon is going to be completely eclipsed forever. And the sun is going to be completely eclipsed forever. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to show you that the Day of Judgment is near, He reminds you that Allah azza wa has the power to cause the sun to lose its light for a period of time, or even partially. He's able to cause the sun to and stop the light of the sun from coming to you for a period of time. To remind you that on the Day of Judgment, He will permanently do that. And just like that, from the ways that Allah reminds us of the Day of Judgment is to show us minor signs of the Day of Judgment before the major signs. And from the minor signs of the Day of Judgment is the, a lot of eclipses. And just like that, on the Day of Judgment, we're going to have what? An earthquake, right? When the earth, the whole earth is, has an earthquake. There's not going to be an earthquake which encompasses the whole earth except on the Day of Judgment. There will be never be an earthquake that encompasses the whole earth. But from the signs of the Day of Judgment is that there's going to be a lot of different earthquakes from different places in the world. And that's for Allah to remind you that He's able to shake the earth, the whole earth. Just like now He's shaking part of the earth, on the Day of Judgment He's going to shake all of it. That's a reminder of us. Just similar to that, from the major signs of the Day of Judgment is the Jal, the Jal, the liar. And before the Day of Judgment there will become 30 liars who will be a part of this Ummah. And the, a lot of the, daj, the, the Jajila, a lot of people who are liars will come out of this Ummah claiming to be religious leaders, scholars, people of knowledge. And in reality they are people of lies and Dajjal. They are people of lies and people of innovation. Coming out a lot is a sign of the Day of Judgment. And so from amongst that is this, the Eclipse Prayer that Allah reminds us that He's able to eclipse the sun and the moon permanently. And the Prophet wasallam he told us why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does it. And he took away and he removed some of the assumptions of the people of Jahiliyyah. The people of Jahiliyyah, yani pre-Islamic ignorance, they thought that the eclipse happened when someone important died or someone important was given birth to. And so when the Prophet ﷺ's son, Ibrahim, passed away, the, 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 there, was a, there was an eclipse of the sun. And so the Prophet ﷺ, he prayed the eclipse prayer. And he said, after that, he stood up and then khutbah and he said, in narrated by Al-Bukhari Muslim, إِنَّ الشَّمْسَ وَالْقَمَرَ آيَتَانِ مِنْ آيَاتِ اللَّهِ لَا يَنْخَصِفَانِ لِمَوْتِ أَحَدٍ وَلَا لِحَيَاتِهِ The sun and the moon are two signs from the signs of Allah. They do not eclipse because of someone being born, someone important is born. And they don't, they don't eclipse because someone important died. And that's, well, look at that, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his own son died. If he, wasn't, if he wasn't a true prophet, he would take advantage. He would say, look, my son died and there's an eclipse to show you guys what you guys believe is true. But he went against that because that's not the deen of Allah. And he only, he only came to bring the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said the sun and the moon, they don't eclipse because someone's life and someone's death. So when you see the sun and the moon eclipsing, so then pray and give charity and make dua and ask Allah to forgive you. And the Prophet would rush to go and pray when the eclipse, prayer, when the eclipse occurred. Because it was a sign of Allah that should instill fear in the hearts of the people to remind them that this is going to happen on the Yawm Al-Qiyamah permanently and the Day of Judgment is near. So it has many rulings on how to pray the Eclipse prayer. We'll take it inshallah. Next question. Yeah, ask, um, do people still do that? No? They, they, they still pray with that, that intention? Uh, no, no one prayed with the intention. The intention of that someone died? Mm. No, they never used to pray because of that. The Jahili Arabs, they used to believe that when they see the eclipse, it's because someone important was born. Oh. 
You get it? They never used to pray because of that. We pray, and the Muslims, and the people of Muslim, we pray. <coughs> so he says, وَيُصَلِّ لِكُسُوفِ الشَّمْسِ وَخُسُوفِ الْقَمَرِ رَكَعَتَيْنِ فِي كُلِّ رَكَعَةٍ قِيَامَانِ يُطِيلُ الْقِرَاءَةَ فِيهِمَا وَرُكُوعَانِ يُطِيلُ التَّسْبِيحَ فِيهِمَا دُونَ السُّجُودَ And so that's how you pray the eclipse prayer, this, that sentence. طيب, very easy. But a lot of people are confused. From my experience of teaching this, a lot of people get confused about it. So, let's look at it. He says that you pray two rak'ah when the sun and the moon eclipses. في كل قياماً. In every rak'ah, there's two standings. يعني two standings. You, you, you do one standing, then you go to ruku' and two ruku' as well. So you have one standing, then you go down to ruku'. Then you say, Allah Muhammad, then you have another standing, which you recite Fatiha and you recite again. And then you go down for ruku' again. And then you say, Allah Muhammad, and then you go down for sujood. Yeah, exactly. He says, يطيل القراءة فيهما, and you recite for long in them. It's sunnah for you to recite a long surah in the recitation of Kusuf and Khusuf. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam recited the length of Surah Al-Baqarah in one right, the first right, the first standing. So you would stand up and it was Al-Fatiha, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Then he would recite Surah Al-Baqarah, the whole thing, in one standing. Then he would say, Allahu Akbar, go into Ruku'. Then Sami'a Allahu Liman Hamidah. What do you do after that? Hmm? Fatiha again, Surah Al-Fatiha again, and another long surah, similar to Al-Imran. Surah Al-Imran in the second rak'ah, in the second standing. And then you go down to Ruku'. Then you say, Sami Allah liman hamida, and what do you do? You go back to sujood, you go to sujood. That's considered to be one rak'ah in, in Salat al-Kusuf. Then you stand up and you do that again. And recite shorter and shorter. Fourth rak'ah, third rak'ah, surah al-Nisa'. And fifth rak'ah, surah al-Ma'idah. Five, six juz in that whole prayer. And so it is sunnah to pray for the whole time, for the whole duration of the, of the eclipse. The whole duration of the eclipse. And obviously sometimes eclipses last long and sometimes they last. Uh, shorter in length And the sunnah is for you to Pray for the whole eclipse If you finish praying before the eclipse finishes Then you don't pray again You stay and you do dhikr until the eclipse goes away And if you pray And you go and you find out the eclipse is finished And you're still praying Then you shorten the salah Then you shorten you don't you don't recite the whole whole surah In that case Is that clear? No, there's a question there Yeah, it's praying. It's two rak'ah. It's not like it's two rak'ah. It's like you can say it's like that. So yeah, you don't go down to sujood the first time. You go down to sujood the second time. Is that clear? You sure it's clear? Let me show you. Shall I show you guys? I demonstrate. Hmm. Okay. What's the question? Yeah, you see, Sami Allah Muhammad. So a person. Would be praying. So imagine he's praying Surah Al Fatiha. And then he's praying the whole time. And then you recite Surah Al Baqarah. Then you go down for Ruku'. Everyone go down for Ruku'. And you tilur Ruku'. You do Ruku' for long as well. The length of Surah Al Baqarah. That's how the Prophet Similar to the length of the standing. That's how long the Prophet prayed. And so you go down for Ruku' for a long time. Then Sami'a Allah liman Hamidah. Rabbana wa hamd. And then. Al-Fatiha, Surah Al-Fatiha, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen And a long prayer, long, long surah again Then you go down And then you say Sami Allah Ali Muhammad again Rabbana wa alhamd And then you go down for sujood And then you repeat that In the second rakah Is that clear? And you make the, you make the ruku' long And the qira'ah and the recitation long But you, you don't make the sujood long 
the sujood is not supposed to be long. The sujood is normal. And you don't do four sujood, you only do two sujood. Doing a sujood, that's what he said, doing a sujood, not the sujood. Is that clear? Mm. Yes, the same rulings as the normal prayer, Fatih has obligation, and others are sunnah. No. No, you do it once. You pray a clip prayer once only. And if it's long, yani if you finish praying, if you finish praying, and you still eclipse, you don't pray again. He's done. You do dhikr, you sit down. And if you, if the eclipse, if, if the eclipse finishes whilst you're praying, what do you do? Shorten it. Shorten it. Yeah, if there's an eclipse at a time when it's forbidden to pray, you still, you still, still pray. It's a reason. It's a reason. It's bad. In the masjid, it's prayed inside the masjid. Yeah, a person can can know sometimes. Sometimes Aisha radiallahu anha was praying, and I think the window or something like that. Aisha radiallahu was praying. And she, then someone came in and said, why are you praying at this time? And so she pointed to the window. And the guy, person looked out and he saw the moon was eclipsed. Hmm. Yeah, at the same time, they'll be joined together and there'll be no light from the sun and the moon anymore. Very good. How do you know if there's an eclipse? The only time you pray when there's an eclipse is if you see it. So if it's some, if the, if the people they say there's an eclipse and it's cloudy, we can't see the moon, we can't see the sun, then we don't pray. We only pray when you see it with your eye. If it's cloudy, then no. Very good question. Same country? Yeah. If it's the same locality, if it's in London, then yes, they do pray. If they see it, yeah. If it's in London, but if it's outside, the whole world, for example, part of the world. Then no But within the city Yeah you do Even if someone else sees it You don't see it mm. Eid prayer is inside the masjid You're allowed to pray inside the masjid But it's sunnah to pray in the Sahara In the desert In the desert And is it sunnah to pray in the park? Allahu Akbar Because the desert When the fuqaha say It's sunnah, sunnah What do they mean by that? They mean outside the city The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Can you salli fil musalla Outside the city The desert outside of the city Like London is a big city Allahu a'lam if it's sunnah to pray in the park. Is that clear? Any questions from sisters there? Like open area. Open area. Sahara means open area. It doesn't mean just sand. Salatul istisqa. Now we're on the prayer for rain. Which is going to be, the, inshallah, maybe the last prayer we take. We'll see. Uh, when you're in Rukur for a long time, what do you say? You say silent after you say subhanallah three times. You say subhanallah rabbil azim more than three times and you keep saying it. You keep saying it. Subhanakallahum rabbana bihamdikallahum maghfirli. And you can even make dua in rukur as well. It's fine. Um, then he says, Wasalatul istisqa. Salatul istisqa is the prayer for rain. And it is, it is legislated for the Muslims to pray for rain when, for one of two reasons. For one of two reasons. Number one, is if the rain season comes and the rain doesn't come, meaning the rain is delayed. So it's the rain season, but the rain hasn't come, so it's delayed. Then in that case, 
it is sunnah to pray salatul istisqa. And number two is when there is a drought. When there is a drought, then it's sunnah to pray salatul istisqa. And the reason why people are prevented from rain is because of the sins. Or prevented from beneficial rain. Whether it's rain or beneficial rain, it's because of sins. <coughs> the Prophet, alhamdulillah, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was narrated from him that he said, or a similar word, وَمَا مَنَعَ قَوْمٌ الزَّكَاةِ إِلَّا مُنِعُوا الْقَطْرَ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ People, whenever they prevent zakah, they don't give zakah, they are prevented from rain from the sky. And people are, the, the, one of the causes of drought is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or the people, they start, they're sinning and they don't give the zakah. It's a cause for drought. And also, we have the fact that the rain is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is blessed. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he used to uncover himself or his chest when the rain would come and he would say, إِنَّهُ حَدِيثُ عَهْدٍ بِرَبِّهِ It just came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's blessed rain. Rain is something that is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So therefore it can be prevented because of people's sins. And so when that happens and the people are prevented from rain, then Salatul Istisqa is legislated. And it's also something that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam performed himself. It's narrated from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. خَرَجَ sallallahu alayhi wa sallam يَسْتِسْقِي He came out to pray Salatul Istisqa. فَجَعَلَ إِلَى النَّاسِ the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he turned around and he turned, away, he turned away from the people and he faced towards the qibla and he made dua and he um, put his clothing inside out. Then he says, the author he says, وَالصَّلَاةُ الْإِسْتِسْقَاءِ مَسْنُونَةِ Salatul istisqa is a sunnah and it's something that is a sunnah that a lot of people have left and that's the main reason for that is because uh, the Muslim leader, the government, the Muslim leader is are the people who are supposed to command the people to do it. Um, and it's something that happens regularly in Mecca and Medina. And but I don't know about other countries, but it happens regularly in Mecca and Medina every year, or almost every year sometimes, when the rain is delayed or when there is a drought in the country, all of the people are commanded by the king in that country to... Pray Salat al-Istisqa with the Imam of the Masajid. So he says, وَصَلَاةُ الْإِسْتِسْقَاءِ مَسْنُونَ It's a sunnah. فَيَأْمُرُهُمُ الْإِمَامُ بِالتَّوْبَةِ وَالْقُرْبَ The Imam, he comes out when we have the reason for istisqa. What's the reason for istisqa? Back, at the back. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Ahsant. Drought or delaying of rain. The rain season has come and rain hasn't come. When the, when the Imam sees that, the leader of the Muslim, يعني, the Imam, فَيَأْمُرُهُمُ الْإِمَامُ بِالتَّوْبَةِ He commands the people to repent. وَالْقُرْبَ And to do good deeds. وَالْخُرُوجُ مِنَ الْمَظَالِمِ And he commands the people to ask anyone who they have oppressed to forgive them or to come out of their oppression. Stop oppressing. وَالصِّيَامِ ثَلَاثَةِ أَيَّامِ And for the people to fast three days. Why does the Imam command the people to do this? Because the reason the rain was prevented is because of their sins. So therefore we're commanded to do good deeds in order for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us and bring the rain. Then after three days of fasting, and this is sunnah, he comes out with them into, uh, uh, to the desert. He comes out to the Sahara, to the desert, to the open land. They come out in, in humble clothing. Humble clothing. Not, not, يعني, old clothing basically, old clothes. وَاسْتِكَانَةٍ huh? They come out in a, in a situation of hum, humility. وَتَضَرُّعٍ And showing their need for, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They come out humbly. 
Okay? And uh, whether it be the heads looking down. And they say that the Jews and the Christians shouldn't come out with us. And they say that you should bring the children and the elderly. The children because they haven't got any sins. And the elderly because they are more likely to be righteous people. Because they are closer to their death. So these people they should be brought out. ثم قبل الخروج يعظهم الإمام ويخوفهم عذاب 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 الله. From amongst the things that you do is he says that the Imam he advises the people ويخوفهم عذاب الله and he scares them from the punishment of Allah ويذكرهم بالعواقب and he reminds them of the 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 the, the, the end of their actions يعني the results of their actions ويأمرهم بالصدقة وأنواع أنواع البر and he commands the people to do, give charity. And to do good deeds. And to stop oppressing people. And to repent from your sins. Because this is the reason why rain is prevented. And the reason why your provision is prevented because of your sins. And it's a reason for Allah to be angry with the people. And the reason for Allah to send down punishments. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends down punishments of fear. He makes the people in a state of fear, in war, and hunger, and they lose their wealth, and they lose their crops and their fruits. Rather, sins are the, res- are the reason of the people being completely destroyed. Allah says, When we want to destroy a whole group of people, we command the people, we command the, the people of sins and the people of, of luxury. They, they, they live in a life of luxury. We command them to do good. And they forbid, they, 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 they refuse to do good. And they commit sins in this land. And so we have a right, we have a right to destroy them completely, a complete destruction. And the Imam tells the people to fast three days in a row. Then on the fourth day, they come out and they're fasting. Because the one who's fasting, if he makes dua, he's more likely to be responded to. And they come out in clothing which are old. Why? So that you show your humility and you need your need to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're not someone that's rich. مشيهم, and you walk in a, in a state of serenity and peace. And you speak quietly. وجلوسهم, and you sit humbly. فقد, because narrated by Abu Dawood, والسلام, The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa when he came out to pray istisqa, uh, he came out in humble clothing. He came out humble. In humility to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala حتى أتى المصلى until he came to the place of prayer which was the desert. <coughs> and then he says وينبغي أن يكون الاستسقاء بالمشايخ والمنكسرين والعجائز المحزونات والصغار that you should come out with um, the old men and women and the young children because their dua they're most, more likely to be responded to. Uh, he said that you shouldn't be with scholars who are who, scholars who take uh, money. Yani scholars who take uh, bribes and judges who take bribes. And the Sufis. Yani are the people who sit down in the... is the Sufis. Yani the Zawaya is something that they have until today in Morocco. Where they, they come out and they take people's wealth. Um, and they say well, they'll make dua for them and stuff like that. Yeah, and those Sufis basically. 
they worship by music. You know, those people dance. That's the way they dance. Huh? Because these people are major sinners. People should come out with the people of humility and the people of righteousness in order for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to respond to their dua. Then he says, وَيُصَلِّي رَكْعَتَيْنِ كَصَلَاتِ الْعِيدِ The matan is says, You pray two rak'ah, just like Salat al-Eid. After all of that, you pray two rak'ah just the way you pray Salat al-Eid. <laughs> How do you pray Salat al-Eid? In the back. Hanbali. No, I don't want Hanbali. Well, we're still here. Five. Seven and five. Seven and five, excluding or including the takbirat al-ihram? Excluding. Alhamdulillah. Including. So, how do you do again, guys, at the back? How do you pray Salat al-Eid? Seven takbirat in the first rakah and five in the second rakah. Seven extra and five extra. ثم يخطب بعدها خطبتين. Then after that, you pray, you do two khutbas. The Imam does two khutbas, just like you do in Jumu'ah. وَيُحَوِّلُ رِدَاءَهُ In this khutbah, it is recommended to remind the people to ask Allah to forgive them. At the end of the khutbah, when you finish the first and the second khutbah, when you finish the second one, the imam turns around and he makes dua. وَيُحَوِّلُ رِدَاءَهُ وَيَجْعَلُ عَلَاهُ أَسْفَلَهُ You turn your clothing, your out, your out clothing inside out. You have your jacket, you turn it inside out and you wear it again. You have a hat, you turn it inside out and you wear it again. And you have a, a scarf. Or something, you turn it inside out, or this clothing. Turn it inside out and you wear it inside out. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ is narrated. He said, He faced towards the qibla after the khutbah and he raised his hand and made dua. And he made his upper clothing inside out. Why do you do that? It is out of optimism that Allah inshallah, is going to change our situation from inside out From a situation of bad to good Just like our clothing is inside out Allah is going to change our situation from bad to good And you make a lot of dua And you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive you in this uh, in, 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 in the dua and ask Allah to forgive you a lot during this prayer, or during this dua, should we take one more Salat al Khuf? Because we have Maghrib and I want to carry on until Maghrib anyway. I'm only just tired. Should we do it next lesson? Last lesson? Next? Hmm? Yeah, have, have a quick break and we'll see what happens. Have a quick break, stand up, you can relax and stuff like that. <laughs> Not everyone. Everyone puts their clothes inside out. Cause jah and serene. And is the reason how Allah use Allah uses that to punish people. So it's a means. Allah uses means to punish people. Which one? It's narrated in the Prophet uh, during the khutbah. The dua of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Meet dua.
طيب let's take the last one. We're just gonna take the prayer for prayer for the war prayer during the war. So everyone just did about the prayer during war. That's the last one. Then after that, we finish Kitab al-Salah, we just have Janaiz, Janaza, which will take this next lesson, inshallah. That will be the last lesson. Next lesson, inshallah. Tayyib, Salatul Khawf. Fasl fi kafiyat Salatul Khawf. During the time, oh, no, oh, question is, can you pray Isha before it's time? If you go straight to sleep? No. You have to pray Isha at its correct time. You can't pray before it's time. Wallahu alam. Even in summer. You're not allowed to pray Isha before it's time. Unless the masjid they're combining between Maghrib and Isha. Or they take the opinion that the sun, in London, in UK, the sun doesn't set. Then they're allowed to combine in that situation. Yeah. Only in the masjid. Yeah, because of rain in the masjid only. Only in the rain. Like in general, you know, women, women at home can't. You can't do that. Prayer for during war. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala legislates for us prayer at all times. Scholars they say As long as someone is sane Salah is always obligatory upon you Even during war And so because of that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says In Surah An-Nisa And that ayah in Surah An-Nisa That long ayah Mentions how to pray Salat Al-Khawf In one of the ways Praying during uh, the, the war And what it means by praying during the war Is in the first two, two situations Which we're going to learn Is when the two armies are camped And they're not fighting And there's a confusion that a lot of people they get When we're teaching this They think that we're talking about When the actual armies are fighting What we're talking about is When the two armies are camped The enemy army are camped And the Muslim army They're camped on the other side We're not fighting at that time How do you pray in this situation? Okay he says, There's three situations in Salat al Khawf. Number one, the first situation in is that we're camping as well. We're camping here. The enemy are not in front of the Qibla. Meaning, the Qibla is in front of us and the enemy is behind us. Or the Qibla is there and the enemy is on the left or right or something like that. Okay? But the enemies are not in front, not, not, not in the direction of the Qibla. What do you do in that situation? The Muslims, we are put into two groups. The first group is that the Imam of the Salah, you have the Imam, and you have the, the first group of people. One line, let's just say one line. Mm, can be two lines, can be three, no problem. Depends how many people there are. That first group of people, they... Um, they pray one rak'ah with the imam. So we're facing towards the qibla. And the first group, they're facing towards the qibla. The second group, what are they doing? They yaqifuna fi nahril adu. They face towards the enemy. So one group, the imam and one group, they're facing towards the qibla. And the enemies, the, the, and the other group, are facing towards the enemy. Why? So they don't attack. So they don't attack. Okay? The imam prays one rak'ah with that group of people, with that first group. Then when they get up for the second rak'ah, when they get up for the second rak'ah, the first group, they pray by themselves one more rak'ah. And the imam waits there. He waits there. The imam's waiting. And the first group, they pray one rak'ah for themselves and say, salam, salam. And then they swap places with the people who were guarding at the first place. Huh? Did you guys get that? They swap places. Then the imam carries on. And he prays one more rak'ah. 
What, what raka is the imam on? Second. What raka is the first group on? Finished. What raka is the third group on? The other group? The second group? They're still on, they're on the first. So the imam prays one raka'ah with them. After one raka'ah, where's the imam going to be? Standing or in tashahud? In tashahud, because this is the second raka'ah. Tayyib. He said, ثُمَّ تُتِمُّ لِنَفْسَنَا so the imam is in tashahud The group that the imam is praying with currently What are they on? They're about to start there? Second They're about to start second The imam is in tashahud right? So the imam he waits in the tashahud position And the group They catch up to him They do one more raka'ah until they get to the tashahud position And then they do salam together Assalamu alaikum wa Assalamu alaikum wa in that way, the Imam prayed how many rak'ah? Two. The first group prayed how many rak'ah? Two. How many did they pray with the Imam? One. And then one by themselves. Remember, they completed. Remember, they completed, and then they stopped places. Uh, no, it's very hard. Trust me, it's hard. Yeah. You can tell. You know, when you're praying, you can tell. You can even look back. No problem. He's about to look back. Without facing the whole body, it's his head. Go, let's look back. Hmm. Hmm. No, the Imam is in the first, they stand up for the second Raka'ah. Yeah, you have to demonstrate practically. It's <laughs> a bit hard. Yeah, everyone finishes by themselves. Let's explain it, then inshallah ta'ala will uh, maybe do practical. <laughs> so the first one is what? We have the Imam. He, one group, they're with the Imam facing towards the Qibla. The other group, they're defending. The Imam and the first group pray one raka'ah. They get up for the second raka'ah. What happens? The Imam stays standing and the first group, they finish for themselves. And they say salam. And then they swap places with the guarding, the group that was guarding. They were guarding. They come up. The Imam's on the second raka'ah. And this group that was guarding is on the first now. So the Imam does one more raka'ah with them. They do one raka'ah with them. When the Imam finishes that rak'ah, where is he going to be? Tashahud position. Yeah. And they are going to be? They're going to be? Standing up. They're not going to, they're not going to stay in the Tashahud position with the Imam because that's their first rak'ah. Remember, they just saw places. So they stand up and they do their own rak'ah by themselves. Then they catch up the Imam in the Tashahud position. When they're all in the Tashahud position, the Imam says, Salam. Exactly. That's the first situation. Hmm. They finished the salah. Remember, the first group, they don't want. When they're swapping over, they're not praying. They were guarding. Remember, they were guarding. Do you remember? Are you sure? No, no, you don't understand. No, no, you don't. Are you sure? Explain it to me. Then. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, they're not praying. No, they all pray too. Because they, they pray one with the imam. Then when the Imam stands up and they stand up, they stop praying with the Imam now. They pray by themselves. They pray by themselves. So that they can quickly pray. And so because the Imam just stands there because the second group want to pray with the Imam as well. But then the first group is still there. The first group are there, yeah? Yeah. So how did the how did the second group come? They finished. They finished. Hold on, don't wait. The Imam what do you mean? Go on a second. So the Imam finished the first one. Mm. The first group, they say salam straight away and then they turn around. No, they, or they, no, they carry on. They finish the whole rakah. Yeah, by themselves. 
You know, the Imam standing up, the Imam, what's he doing? He's just waiting. He's waiting for them to finish and bring the next group. When the next group come, he does his rak'ah with them. So the Imam is doing his second rak'ah, but he's praying, they're doing the first rak'ah. So when the Imam finishes that rak'ah, he's in tashahud, and they stand up and they do their second one by themselves. Then they catch up the Imam. And then they do the, the shahud with the Imam and then taslim with the Imam. Hmm. Sorry, sorry, I was thinking about saying. So everyone's on two rakah then. Everyone's on two rakah, yeah? No, you're not allowed to kill any other Muslims. Haram. No more. You're not allowed to go to war with Muslims. Ever. Hmm. Any prayer. Yeah, he takes the prayer of Zuhur Asr. Yeah, you shorten the if you're traveling because normally in war you're traveling. So you pray Zuhur and Asr and Maghrib to, I mean, and Isha'a too. But Maghrib, you pray two of them with the, you pray differently. You pray the war prayer, but instead of doing one rakah with the Imam, you do two rakah with the Imam. The first group and the second group will do one rakah with the Imam. You'll do that differently. Hmm. You do two rakah with the Imam, then you swap places. You complete your one, third one. He stayed in the Shahad. They know he does the shahad with them, and then he stands up, they complete it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Hmm. Yeah, war inside the country, then you pray full. So you pray two with the imam, then the other group pray two with the imam. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. No, he should be the commander. The imam should be the commander, yeah. Yeah, no problem. This camp is during camping. We're camped, we're not during the fight. It's different. We're going to learn about that. Should we do practical? Huh? It's a bit hard. Huh? Should we? Yeah. Well, who, get who, who gets it? Stand up. If we hand up, you get it. <laughs> no, you said you don't get it. <laughs> uh, okay, let me, does everyone get it? Um, do we need it? Do we need it? Do you need it? Do you need it? Yeah, no, someone needs someone. Yeah, okay, I can kill it. Uh, let's make a roll here. And the sister have to see him. How are they going to do that? Yeah, can you zoom out? Can you do that? That was Ibrahim. Ibrahim. Yeah, we need to do something. Repeat that again, please. <laughs> Repeat that again, please. <laughs> but the brothers upstairs, they need to come downstairs. Huh? No, no, no one put on YouTube. No one record the war prayer, huh? We learn that. We learn that practically only. Okay, I right, get up. Stand up. Let's, let's stand up for the thing. Um, three people. Let's do three people and three people over there, huh? Can you, can we all see it? Okay. So imagine I'm the imam here. That way is the Qibla, and the enemy is that way. No, no, they can't see, it's hard. 
Can't zoom out. Hmm? for the sisters. Can't zoom out. We record like this anyway. No problem. Huh? So everyone clear. So now we're praying one, two, like another line. The three brothers there stand up. Stand up. Okay. Someone else be there, man. Someone else be there, man. Abdullah be there, man. Okay. Three people there. Someone stand in the middle there. And so I'll show you guys how to do it. Okay? No problem. No one can see. Don't block the don't block the 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 on the, the, the Abraham, did you turn off the camera? Turn off the camera. Huh? So they'll pray. Well, the Imam will pray one rakah. Okay? So Abdullah will pray one rakah with them. Okay? So you go into the court with them together. Practically do the record together. Huh? Doing the record together. Then they say Allah Muhammad, do it together. Then you go down for sujood. They all go down for sujood. Then they go up, for, sit, sit up. Uh, sorry, why are you guys facing the wrong way, man? I get killed. We got attacked because of you. <laughs> Brothers. <laughs> no, don't start again. Don't start again. Don't start again. One second, okay. don't worry. Don't worry. Don't, the enemy didn't, the enemy didn't clap. <laughs> Uh, and then you get up, you get up for the second rakah, you get up for the second rakah, then you guys do your own rakah together. You do your own one rakah together. And he just waits, Imam just waits. So you go down, record, yeah. no, not together, whenever you want, all separately. You do that, then they get up quickly, just quickly, because we're not we're doing real salah. So just quickly do it, quickly do it, and then get up, stand up again, stand up, and then you swap places with that group. Now you guys swap places, huh? Swap places. Yeah, they said their salam, they said their salam, inshallah. And then they swap places. And they stand up, and then the Imam does one rakah with them. Allah Akbar, Allahu They follow the Imam, and then, yeah, <laughs> they get up, huh? And then the Imam stays in ruku. What do you guys do? Stand up. Isn't tashahud? The Imam stays in tashahud. You guys do your own quick rakah, and then you get up. You sit, you sit with him. Just sit down with him. Do the tashahud. No, just go in tashahud position. خلاص. Do tashahud position. That's it. These guys, what are you guys doing? They're guarding. You're guarding, huh? They're holding weapons. They look like they're praying. And then after that, it's done. Salam alaikum. You don't do rakah, I don't do rakah. Did you guys see that? That's the first way of the prayer for al khuf. Hope they made it a bit clearer. No, no. They'll do two together, then they'll swap. If it was four, you do two together, then they'll swap. And three, there's two and then one. There's reading, but I didn't tell I didn't tell them to read. It's okay. They have to read. You do read. The Imam. They have to wait for everyone to finish, then they swap places. Sir. Man, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. They read so Fatiha and they make it short. Fatiha and another surah if you want, they want as well, but they make it short. Sunnah to make it very short. Very, very short. Now, Abraham, what are you saying? Abraham, what are you saying? The camera, they see that? They can see that, look, it's on. Is there a TV on? Is the sister's TV on? I don't know. Huh? That's the first way for the Salatul Khawf. The other situation is what? That situation was if? No. They're both in camping. We're not facing the enemy. The enemy 
are in the way of the Qibla. The enemy, so the Qibla is there and the enemy are camped there as well. So they can't attack us from behind. Before we needed, yeah, this is the second one. Second situation is if, the, write this down. The second situation is if the enemy is in the direction of the Qibla. The second situation is if the enemy is in the direction of the Qibla. These questions are not to do with the lesson. Making a wudu. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how long ago this writing was. It doesn't get this prayer for war. We explained it twice, so it's a bit hard to do it again and again because of time. I can hopefully this question, this, this was written down a long time ago, and they get it now. Inshallah. طيب, um, so the second situation is يكون العدو في جهة القبلة in the direction of the Qibla فيصفهم صفين ويحرم بهم then in this situation again again you have two two rows the Imam and two rows and they're all facing towards the Qibla and they all pray together so the Imam starts Allahu Akbar the first row they start Allahu Akbar and they will follow the Imam and the second row is all they're all praying all of them first and second row they're all praying together we don't have anyone guarding turning a different direction. They're all in the Qibla because the Qibla is in front of us, the enemy is in front of us. We don't need someone to guard the other direction. فَإِذَا سَجَدَ When the Imam goes into sujood, سَجَدَ مَعَهُ أَحَدُ الصَّفَّيْنِ One of the rows do sujood with the Imam. So they're all together, Allahu Akbar. Rukur. سَمِعَ اللَّهُ لِمَنْ حَمِدَهُ Then they go into sujood. The Imam goes to sujood. And the first row go to sujood with the Imam. The second row, what do they do? They stand up doing what? They guarding. They guarding with their weapons. Huh? فَيَصُفُّهُمْ صَفَّيْنِ وَيُحْلِمُ بِهِمْ فَإِذَا سَجَدَ سَجَدَ مَعَهُ أَحَدُ الصَّفَّيْنِ وَوَقَفَ الصَّفُّ الْآخَرِ يَحْرُسُهُمْ The other row, the second row is guarding them. فَإِذَا رَفَعْ When they get up from sujood now, then the second row, what do they do? They do their sujood and they get up and they catch them up. سَجَدُوا وَلَحِقُوهُ That's it. Is that clear one? That one's clear, huh? That one's very clear, huh? Is it clear that one? Ha. Repeat one more time. And we, we split the rows into two rows. One row, two rows. We are all facing where? The Qibla. We're all facing towards the Qibla. The Imam and both of the rows, they pray together. They start praying together. They go into Ruku' together. They say, Samir Allah in I'tidal, together. Then the Imam goes into Sujood. One of the rows, they follow the Imam. So the, the, the first row, they go into Sujood with the Imam. The second row, they don't go into sujood with the imam, they stand up guarding. <coughs> then, when the imam finishes the sujood and they get up again for the next rak'ah, the second row, they do their sujood, and they get up and they catch the imam, they catch him up. Is that clear? Hmm. So now, is that repeated again? Yeah, we do that again every, every rak'ah. So if it's two rak'ah, the imam, so the, 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 the second row, they, mm. they stood up, and so then they again fight for all of that. Mm. And the Imam goes into Raqqa, mm. the first row goes into, oh, everyone goes into Raqqa with him. Mm. Rukur. Uh, sorry, Rukur. Mm. And then they all stand up, and then the first, the Imam and the first row go into Sujood. Mm. And they, they guarding. Yeah. And then they say Salam. Yeah, they say, no, no, yeah, they say Salam. And then they, and then they so come down. No, they don't stop. So they, they, they go into Shahud together. Oh, is it? The only part that is the, is the hard part is the Sujood. Yeah. So when they're in Shahud, when they're in Shahud now, the second Raqqa, they're in Shahud. The second row, what do they do? They catch up to the tashahud. And then they say salam together. Because during the tashahud, you can see in front of you. They do sujood. 
Yeah, whilst the other, whilst the Imam and the first row are in tashahud. Question. Hmm. You're allowed to keep up. You're allowed to keep looking forward. You're allowed. It's good. And we're going to mention that's the third situation. That's the third situation. We're going to mention that. Mm. Yeah, then, then you split up equally. So two rows are with the Imam and two rows are guarding. They're facing the enemy. We can see the enemy there in front of us. No one can come from behind. You get it? That, but the situation when the enemy is behind, what happens? We turn around. The enemy turn around. I mean, the, the second row, they turn around. And then they swap places. That's the first situation, remember? Mm. Mm. No, no, that's... And if you don't know the enemy are, generally you know where the enemy are. Then you've got bad coordination. <laughs> got a bad, bad, bad army leader. Hmm? Yeah, the Imam waits for them. He can read, but he has to wait. Okay. Whether he reads or he waits and then reads, he can do it either. But he doesn't go into the court without them. That's the important thing. If we're two hours, then you break the salah. Someone attacks, then you break the salah. Yeah, you break the salah. Hmm. The last situation now. The last situation in what is th these two situations? Well, if we're camping, right? The last situation is if we're actually in the fight, we're in the battle. And yakuna fi yakunu fi which is called shiddatul khawf. Shiddatul khawf means extreme fear. The scholars of fiqh, when they speak about extreme fear, what they're talking about is war during the battle. During the actual fighting. You pray however you are. You pray whilst fighting. Whilst you're fighting. Whether you're facing the qibla or not. Wherever you are, it doesn't matter. Yeah, person, they're, they're fighting during the, during the enemy. And it's salah time. It's salah time. So you're praying. Shooting and you're praying. You're saying, Allahu Akbar, Allah, Alhamdulillah, Subhanallah. All of that. You're fighting and you're saying, whilst you're fighting. Allah says in the Quran, فَإِنْ خِفْتُمْ If you're in extreme fear, فَرِجَالًا أَوْ رُكْبَانًا Fight whether you're a rijalan, يعني, whether you're on your feet. Or rukbanan, or you're on your, 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 whatever your car, your vehicle, the, whatever your, the, the, the vehicle you're in. Wherever you are, you're fighting during that time. That's why they say the salah never ever goes away. You have to always pray, even during the actual fighting during the battle. You pray and you, you, you do your record of your and your sujood with your eyes or your head or whatever whatever's easier for you. Hmm? And that's the last situation. Taib, is that clear, guys? Very clear. Taib. Wallahu alam. We'll end it there. We'll take questions. Next lesson, inshallah ta'ala, we're going to take the end of Kitab al Salah. We're going to finish Janaiz next lesson, bi'ithinillah. Sunday we're going to finish Kitab Al uh, Islam Dinun Kamil, inshaAllah Ta'ala. And after the lesson, inshaAllah we're gonna um, we're gonna have uh, some food. So yeah, if anyone wants to bring food and stuff like that, whatever you want to bring, then bring it. Tell, tell us if you can tell the masjid, that would be nice. If not, just bring it, no problem. The masjid will bring stuff, stuff stuff as well. Everyone's invited to enjoy because this is some of the ways of the salaf that when something good will happen at the end of it, they would have a celebration. And so that's allowed. Barakallah fikum wallahu alam. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi. Alhamdulillah, I'm taking a question.